Tune in to the Neil Prenderville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Papers actually pick up on strong winds and heavy rain and the Echo deals with it and warns people of two status yellow weather warnings issued uh, for Cork. And then that incredible story of five teenagers in a rib who were doing a bit of fishing in White Bay near Roaches Point rushed to the scene to save a father who went out to save his son and both of them were clinging to a marker boy after his nine-year-old son was swept out to sea in an inflatable device. Five teenagers, real heroes, uh, saving the two of them. Incredible young fellas, uh, in all fairness to them. Uh, Actually, I shouldn't say young fellas. They were boys and girls, so well done to all concerned. Uh, But of course... Uh, it's all to do with uh, Golfgate and the public's anger doesn't seem to have been abated. And and much of that anger has been catered to uh, by the newspapers who continue uh, to stoke it up. And probably rightly so. You know, uh, our attention turns from one politician to the next, Derek O'Leary to... Uh, to Jerry Bottomer, then it turns to a, a senior judge, and now, of course, to Phil Hogan, and that dominates all the papers today. Um, public anger over the Clifton Golf Dinner will not be abated, according to the Echo. Uh, in fact, they pick up on a conversation that they had, which I also had with Councillor Des Cal on Friday, where he said that, um, you know, they all have to go until all elected representatives who attended the golf dinner resigned their seats and not their committees or not their uh, extracurricular activity, but their actual seats. And for many of them, that would be uh, councils and senate seats. Uh, The Irish uh, Hotels Federation has come out as well. And the Echo says that they have clarified now that they had no role in organizing the Golf Society event. I think they're going so far as to say they didn't say anything about whether the Golf Gate did comply with uh, changes and regulation changes that were made that kicked into force on the Tuesday, the day before it. But there's anger now also about delaying the recall of the doll. And uh, Mary Lou McDonald wants it done now. Some are saying the reason you can't recall the doll is that politicians are all over the place in holidays. But you think you could send out a massive or a, a general text to everybody saying, get back to doll Aaron Wednesday, nine o'clock. So the opposition are freaking over that, over the delays. In it. But the Red Tops, Phil's double bogey drive. According to this morning's uh, Mirror front page, Gardy caught Hogan on the phone at the wheel as he drove to Golfgate dinner. That's the story from this morning's Independence front page. I'm going nowhere. Hogan digs in. I mean, he, he very, very slowly and, and I suppose begrudgingly did eventually make an apology. But that was after the heat was very much turned up by the Taoiseach and the Taunishta. As to who's actually Taoiseach and who's actually Taunishta, I'm not quite sure anymore now. Uh, they're asking him to consider his position. Others are saying that there should be stronger language than consider your position. Just go. That could be down to Ursula van der Leyen, uh, his boss in the European Commission. And she's keeping a very close eye on all of these events. But the, the whole business of being stopped while on his mobile phone has put an extra twist to this because he got a caution. Uh, he didn't get a fine. Uh, you won't get three penalty points like uh, mere mortals like the rest of us will do. Uh, you know, I know it's a, it's a discretionary thing when it comes to the guard on the day. Uh, but in the real world then, with regards to, uh, you know, everybody else, like there seems to be, as I was thinking about this this morning, them and the rest of us really, you know. And the rest of us include uh, three and a half thousand publicans who figure that most of them now believe that they will be out of business by the early new year because of the restrictions. They'll be out of business by the start of next year. And many of them believe that their pub will never open um, in 2020. And that in itself then will have the knock-on effect of putting them out of business in the new year because they, of course, miss the summer and they're going to miss um, 
uh, all of the bank holiday weekend so I went with that and of course the Christmas period uh, meanwhile up over in Dublin at the weekend we had a shamdemic anti-mask protest and Jedward got stuck into that they make the front of the sun because they had a go at those that um, you know the anti-lockdown protesters including Jim Corr there's a bit of an online spat then between Jedward and Jim Corr uh, online back and forth but uh, Pretty much what Jedward was saying was that, um, you know, those anti-lockdown protesters should grow a brain and get indoors. And, you know, this rather controversial legislation that we thought was going to come into place in in the middle of September, where the Gardaí would have laws to break uh, break, break up house parties. What that actually meant, really, when you think about it, is the Gardaí would have laws to come into your home uh, without permission. Up until now, until legislation changes, of course, they'd have to have a damn good reason and a warrant. But this controversial law would allow them to come into your house for whatever reason. That's been put back now, and it's not going to happen at all until next year. So trying to uh, break up house parties has just taken a bit of a U-turn, certainly a reverse gear, because it's got massive constitutional um, impacts when it comes to the complexities, not just of law, but civil liberties. And the examiner drilled into that. It's a very important story this morning's examiner today. Uh, more vandalism, of idle hands, I suppose, and this has to do with a beautiful area, new recreational area down in Carrigaline that's been vandalised and destroyed by miscreants and idiots and thugs. Um, and also, there's a lot of tech in the papers today, which is quite interesting. Like, you know, People who, f- who film things, you know, do you ever see all of these uh, different videos um, that are loaded up online of fights um, or, you know, uh, very, very graphic video that you just would prefer not to see that people might share with you? Uh, there is a, a new company now in the UK that is developing some sort of tech um, which uses um, a thing called live threat detection software. It's AI, if you like, and it will be able to identify potentially harmful material as it's being filmed and it'll stop it. So, I mean, I, I think it's very much early days, but it, but it's good news, really, with regards to, you know, limiting the things that people can film now. The downside to it, of course, is, uh, you know, some of the film that you see and stuff that's recorded could later be used as evidence in criminal proceedings. So that's the downside to it. And then all of the other tech has to do with the movies. And there's some lovely stories in the papers today. Like, if you want to bring a smile to your face, then forget, you know, forget all your worries and your strife. You know where this is going. Then The Bare Necessities from the Disney movie The Jungle Book is the best song for it. Yeah, So learn the lyrics of that. If you're feeling any way blue, just hum it or sing it if you can. The Bond movie, No Time to Die, could be delayed yet again. They're monitoring now whether they might keep this film on, on, under wraps and on ice till 2021 because it cost a qu- nearly a quarter of a billion, yeah, quarter of a billion to make the film and they're watching other blockbusters now including the new Christopher Nolan movie to see how it gets on this weekend and if numbers are shocking then they're going to park bond and hold on to it because it's just too good to spoil it and also um, you know if you love criminal drama series like detective shows then the mirror tell us today of the 25 best TV detective series ever and number one a touch of frost you might have thought it might have been Morse. It's in there, and so is Lewis, and so is Hercule Poirot, uh, and so is a lot of others, including Columbo and Taggart and, you know, Miss Marple and Barnaby and things like that. But number one, Jack Frost. Number two, Prime Suspect. Number three, George Gently. 
Uh, number four, Magnum. Would you believe it? Magnum. Yeah, number four on the top 25 best detectives ever. They would need all of those, all 25 of those detectives to unravel the mess this country finds itself in in the moment at the moment. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco, proud sponsors of the Cork Pride Festival. Eyes open at one 104 Michael McGrath, Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform, joins me by phone this morning. Michael, good morning. Hi Neil, good morning to you. Uh, just when we thought it couldn't get any worse, of course it does. Um, and can I just say, we did a Twitter poll over the weekend where we asked the question on behalf of a listener uh, as to whether or not people would like to see Leo Varadkar back as, uh, as Taoiseach. You might be interested to know uh, that 62% of those who responded said yes. What do, you, what do you make of that? Bad times for Fianna Fáil. Look, you know, these are difficult uh, times. It's a very challenging time for the country, not least because we are dealing with uh, a deadly virus, which uh, unfortunately continues to uh, be prevalent across the country uh, and in, in the in communities and we just need to focus I think on what really matters and it really matters that all of us and the public really have led on led on this from the front uh, do all that we can uh, to contain the spread of this yeah but this we know we know all of that but it's the it's the it's the them and the rest of us rules that seem to apply I mean look for for instance Phil Hogan now apparently was stopped by the guards while driving through Kildare I don't know how long he was in the country or whether he was quarantining or not. He didn't tell anybody he was incidentally stopped by the guards for being on his phone. The commissioner told the just minister who told the Taoiseach. I mean, like, and he got away with a caution. Yeah, and look, I mean, first of all, Neil, I want to say that I am genuinely really angry at what happened uh, last week. That event in Galway should never have happened. I think it was a slap in the face uh, to all of your listeners and all the people around the country who have made enormous sacrifices. And we all know the stories, people who couldn't attend funerals, weddings cancelled, um, you know, people who haven't seen loved ones for, for months in some cases. So it should never have happened. It was completely wrong. And it is so important that there is a Accountability for that. Uh, you've mentioned specifically about uh, Phil Hogan, and what we need there is full accountability of all of his movements uh, since he returned to Ireland on his break. Again, he certainly should never have attended uh, that event in Galway because it was a breach of the public health guidelines, uh, even the old ones, but certainly the new ones uh, that came into place uh, on the previous day. And uh, there are new emerging stories now all the time about different aspects of his movements uh, including the issue you referred to there and look I don't know anything about uh, the incident whereby he was stopped for being on his mobile Yes but I know you don't in fairness of course you don't but many people who have been stopped by the guards for being on their mobile phone got a hefty fine and three penalty points yeah, and look, the law has to apply across the board and you will never hear me say or advocate otherwise. Um, look, it is at the discretion of a guard at any point in time, as we know, and there are people who perhaps do get away with a caution, but I would imagine in the vast majority of cases, uh, the law is fully applied. Unless you're a politician, for- though, is it? 
Um, well, I, I've never found myself in that situation, so I, I don't know, but that should we be... Ever, we ever stopped on a mobile phone and said... Uh, no, no, no okay. I was not. Um, but, look, I mean, the law has to apply to everyone, and uh, the guard of discretion is there, but it can't be the case that guard of discretion is applied favourably for people of importance and not favourably for people not of importance, because that is what people will suspect. Of course they will. Yeah, because I just be think there'd be a lot of people... Very Probably some people might even be more angry about somebody on a mobile phone while driving than they ever would be about who went to Golfgate and who didn't because it's one of the most dangerous things you can do. You can kill people. Yeah, it is very dangerous and uh, I think we still see too much of it on our roads. I think less maybe than we did in the past but far too much uh, and somebody of his standing has no excuse uh, for doing so and I'm sure we'll hear more about that because it's not acceptable. It is a breach of a really important uh, rule of the road and it does put public safety at risk. Um, So it's just another thread in this story that I think will greatly uh, anger people and uh, but like it is just so important that we we stick to the message of what we all need to do because I think the public have been remarkable in uh, the fortitude that they have shown uh, since last March and it is a really difficult time but the schools are reopening this week it is really important that that goes well and that children and teachers can return to school safely and there's a lot of work underway to make sure uh, that that can be achieved uh, but the events of last week undoubtedly damage uh, the efforts of uh, government and all the public health authorities uh, to to continue to get that message across because if people see that there's one law for um, the well-to-do and for people in high positions in society and another law for them, then their compliance will inevitably waver uh, and that's not what we want to see. Could you blame them to see this kind of carry on? Um, look, I think it's perfectly understandable and look, you know, we're getting a lot of the anger back uh, on social media and, and phone calls and emails and so on. You see, you've 81 people who say they didn't know about the guidelines, 81 of them, uh, but yet five-year-olds know the guidelines and the things they can and can't do. Like, isn't, doesn't that strike you as extraordinary that not one of them got up and walked out of the event? Yeah, I, I I find it hard to understand. I, I really have to say because the the guidelines were very clear on that issue, and even before last Tuesday, you know, there's a maximum of fifty, including the staff serving you at the, the venue, um, uh, and then that changed on the day before to six. And so, you know, having one event, what was essentially one event with a partition, uh, fully or partly down along the room, dividing it uh, with over eighty people. Uh, was was never compliant and you know people there many of whom had a lot of experience uh, of public life uh, and of rules and regulations and how those things are agreed uh, should have known far better Um, and so I think the public anger and reaction uh, is fully justified because I I do share it myself because it does take from all of the other things that we're trying to do you know we uh, I'm happy to come on your show anytime Neil but like it it is inevitable that we're going to get called to come on when these things blow up because public confidence and trust uh, is damaged and it is rightly damaged and we need to repair it. Okay, so we have Ursula van der Leyen Leiden watching this now. That's Hogan's boss, right? Um, She's the one really that can only call the shots on this one. Mary Lou says he needs to quit. Uh, This kind of carry-on is intolerable. Just three questions for you. One on whether or not Hogan should just 
fall on his sword. Secondly, then, whether, and I know this is an issue for the Chief Justice, the Supreme Court Judge Seamus Wolfe should fall on his sword. Um, well, let's, let's start with those. Should, should Hogan go? So the government can't dismiss him because he's no longer I know that, directly accountable. Yeah, but just, just hear me out. And that's why um, the Taoiseach Antonis on Saturday evening uh, called on him to consider his position uh, and to give a full account of his movements. And even since then, we've got more details because attending the dinner uh, was one issue and a very um, grave issue. Um, but the second issue then is the, the, the potential movements uh, in and out of Kildare because, as you know, uh, additional restrictions came in there uh, on the 7th of August and it wasn't known and it hadn't been declared that he had uh, visited Kildare during that period. But he, he has said he confirmed. didn't know about the uh, regulations or recommendations or guidelines. Well, look, I, I think if any member of the public uh, pleaded that defence uh, when they contravene a law or a rule, uh, they will soon be told that ignorance of the law is no defence. I think we all know that. Uh, so he still has to give a full account of that because that extra dimension uh, is only emerging about the uh, additional trip into Kildare during that period of additional But would he, should he do the you- honourable thing and just quit? Well, look, the Taoiseach and Taoiseach have called on him to consider his position. I know, but that's, not, that's I, not very strong language, consider your position. They could have come out and said, well, they can't for God's sake, him. go. Yeah, they can sack him. That is, that is uh, a matter okay. for the President of the Commission. But I think everybody knows what the question, um, consider your position, means. Okay. Um, what about, again, government can't sack a judge. What should happen there? Well, he's accountable to the Chief Justice, first and foremost, and we do have a separation of powers for good reason uh, between uh, the government um, and the judiciary and also the legislature, the three uh, arms of the state as such. And it is long established practice that we don't, uh, as a government, get involved in in calling on judges to go or commenting on their performance. Uh, And I think that that is for good reason. We don't want uh, government to be seeking to influence the the decisions that our judiciary made because their, their independence uh, is absolutely vital to our democracy. Yeah, but if you were up before um, the Supreme Court judge, Seamus Wolfe, uh, it'd be kind of ironic that he would be judging you. Yeah, absolutely. And look, that's the position that they hold in society. Okay. But the, the argument about separation of powers uh, works both ways uh, in that it is certainly questionable uh, as to why a Supreme Court judge should be attending a function where politicians uh, were also attending. Okay. I think there were eight, eight current Oireachtas members there. And so uh, the separation of powers you know, works both ways. He is accountable uh, to the Chief Justice and should be held to account. Okay, what about those Oireachtas? Nobody's, nobody's above the law. Okay, what about those Oireachtas members, current former uh, councillors, senators? Jerry Buttermer must feel as if a juggernaut's rolled over him. Has he gone far enough by resigning his uh, last Cahirlach seat of the Shannon? I mean, should he step down from the Shannon? Look, I think that's for the public to decide, really, Neil, and, and I don't know if, if Jerry uh, and others have uh, come out and spoken publicly and taken questions on that. He shouldn't have been there. He has paid some price uh, by losing that position of last year, look at the Shannon. Um, but it's just important that we we all set the best example that we can. And uh, it was it was a grave mistake. And uh, he and others, including Dara Kaliri, Dara lost his position in government. 
judgment uh, as a result of his misjudgment uh, to attend that event um, because I think people will rightly see it as a slap in the face for all of the sacrifices that, that they've made. So look, it's not for me to you know, to dance on somebody when they're down and give them a kick when they're down and say that they should go further and, and, and uh, resign completely from public life. The court of public opinion is there and, you know, people are entitled to have their view on those things. Okay. But I'm not going to kick someone further when they're on the ground. OK, did you get an invite to this golf event? I believe I got an email uh, some time ago, I'd say probably a couple of months ago, and I, I had a look on Friday for it, and I, I, I would have deleted it, but yes, there was definitely uh, an email about uh, the Oireachtas Golf Society event uh, in August in Galway, but I didn't look into it, uh, I didn't even read the detail, I just deleted it because I wasn't uh, interested in, in going to it. To play golf? Some cities are saying they didn't get it, uh, I, I, I certainly did, and I look back over previous emails and there were older versions coming in as well. So you didn't so respond to it. Did you get it because no, you golf, is it? Because you're a golfer. I, I, I don't golf any longer. I've played a little bit of my time. Okay. But so I you're not a member of the Oireachtas Golf Committee? No, no, I'm not. Are you not a member of the Oireachtas no, Golf Group? No, I'm okay. not. But to be fair, golf isn't the issue, Neil. It was the dinner, you know. There, there were, there, yeah, there but like pe- Fianna Fáil... Yeah, and, and left. But Fianna Fáil gave a prize, yeah. like. So the, the party knew about it. They gave Crystal as part of the prize-giving ceremony. Yeah, I, like I don't think anyone is suggesting that the Golf Society event, as in the golf, was a secret. You know, it wasn't. Um, um, perhaps not every TD got an email. I don't know. It's not an official... Uh, it's not an official thing run by the Oireachtas. There is a committee that involves people who uh, are in the Oireachtas. Some are former people, but it's not an official uh, thing event run by the Oireachtas. But um, yeah, I did get an email at some point. I deleted it because I wasn't going to be going. Um, that would have come, I, I would say, perhaps two months ago, I guess. Okay. So what we know now at this stage is that Phil Hogan went to that uh, golf outing. He also went to the dinner afterwards. He also drove in and out of Kildare, and he, which he shouldn't have done. And he also and he didn't tell anybody. And he also was caught um, on his mobile phone while driving, even though he probably drives a fairly handy car that has Bluetooth technology, whereby he would never need yeah. to be holding the phone in the first place. Uh, and uh, the best that we can come up with from the Tonish and the Taoiseach is that he should... Um, consider his position uh, because, of course, they can't sack him. Just in in regards yeah. to uh, the, the Taoiseach and the Taunisha, um of course, we had uh, Barry Cohen, uh, and then we have this, and then we had Stephen Donnelly, who's questionable with some of the things that he says, but even Micheál Martin left a lot to be desired, your Taoiseach and boss at the start of the week, and probably added to the confusion with all of the mixed messages regarding the change in regulations and the change in guidelines. Um, he, he had a very, very bad week, didn't he? Look, I think when you look at the the issues of substance, the things that have been done in the first two months of government, like they are really significant. Uh, a lot of very important uh, decisions have been made and initiatives undertaken. Like the reopening of the country uh, and living alongside this virus is a lot more complex and nuanced uh, than shutting the country down yeah. back in March, which was a very... Yeah, but if, I, I know that that's... I know, in all due respect now, but that we, we know of all of those things. Like he's yeah. been asked numerous times to recall the doll. And for some extraordinary reason, won't and has now been dragged screaming and kicking to say that he will bring it back sooner rather than later. But like surely be to God, the doll should be sitting now. 
and the doll will be recalled and he has made that clear uh, along with the other party leaders it wasn't due to be returned until the 15th of September that doesn't mean we're not working I can tell you I'm absolutely flat out with work um, uh, as you would expect but the doll will be recalled I would imagine next week and that will be confirmed probably over the course of today uh, once he has consulted with the other party leaders uh, and with the Count Corla because it's not just for government to decide when the doll comes back but the doll should sit uh, when it has a purpose to do so not for grandstanding uh, for people trying to score political points the focus this week is rightly on getting over a million kids back to school uh, and to do so safely they've been out of school since the middle of March that's had a huge impact on uh, on the development of so many children so but uh, why do you call, right why would you call all of this grandstanding it's not grandstanding I didn't call all of it grandstanding um, but I said that the doll should be sitting for a particular purpose I mean there is a Covid committee there uh, with members of the Oireachtas on it uh, they can sit any day it chooses and can call any witness that it wants to get into the detail of issues. Um, so I've no issue whatsoever with the doll sitting. I'm available uh, at any time and I imagine that it will be recalled next week and hopefully by that stage um, the schools will be fully reopened um, and the children will be where they need to be every day. Do you think that somebody should tell Leo Varadkar that he's no longer Taoiseach because he seems to be getting all of the the press cover. Even this morning, the papers quote Varadkar, Varadkar, Varadkar. One would even think that he still was Taoiseach. Well, look, it is it is a new form of government with three parties in it, two parties that are more or less of, of the same size. Uh, and we have a situation where um, the, the position of Taoiseach will, will be changing midway through the life of the government. Um, but the Taoiseach is Miguel Martin. He chairs the cabinet meetings. Uh, he is the leader of government uh, and, you know, rightly so. And so he is at the heart of everything that this government is doing. Uh, Leo Varadkar is tarnished. Uh, he's the leader of Senegal and he's got a really important influence uh, along with his colleagues over the decisions that the government is making. But the only way that all of this will work uh, is if people pull together. You know, it's not about... Well, he's not uh, pulling together, Michael, because he said, if this is the way Fianna Fáil do business, we won't be doing business with them for long. That's a threat, isn't it? Look, I, I can tell you, Neil, just from my own experience, that most people are not really concerned about party politics or about individuals, but they want good government. They want government that's competent and that is focused on the task at hand. Like, we contest elections when they arise, and, you know, all the different parties will uh, do what they need to do at election time and contest it vigorously. But for now, it's about good government and good opposition, and we need to make sure we provide good government. And if we have different strands within the government that are pulling in, in opposite directions are trying to um, do one over on the other party in government that's not going to work no it's we not because together. It's and we, we are in a really tough battle against this virus which has taken nearly 1800 lives in the Republic you know and uh, it hasn't gone away and this is about protecting public yeah, health yeah but the, I, I, know, I, know, I know but more people are being tested and we're getting more positive cases thankfully very few and in many 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 days no deaths I mean it's an incredibly high price Price to be paid for for COVID nineteen, isn't it? When it comes to the other implications going forward for health, the implications that we've had regarding education, but the economy. I mean, the papers this morning, yeah. for instance, talk about things might have been reasonably good across the summer for businesses who benefited from a cash spend, but come the autumn and the winter and early next year, that's when we're going to see unemployment rise and businesses close. I mean, what, what what's the plan? 
Yeah, well, I mean, we have, as a government, brought forward um, a huge number of initiatives to support businesses, to keep them afloat, uh, to give them every chance. But they'll surviving. stop, though, won't they? Um, well, look, at the moment, the plan is the rate subsidy scheme will go uh, to the end of March. We've announced um, a €5 billion Euro stimulus plan in July. Many of those measures are only now coming into effect, the reduction in VAT, the ability of businesses who are loss-making this year to claim back tax that they paid last year on their profits. So there are a whole range of measures that are just coming into being now. And how are we, we going to pay all that back? Yeah, we would do all we can to support the economy. But there is, of course, a huge price. I mean, I'm in charge of public spending, Neil, and this year the plan was to spend about 70 billion euro. It's now going to be probably 86, 87 billion euro that we'll be spending as a country. Uh, Our tax receipts are way below what we expected they would be. So the deficit this year will be 30 billion euro. Like we can't, we can't obviously uh, incur a deficit of that order every year. Um, But we do need to support the economy. Unfortunately, we are in a situation now uh, that the country can borrow at very low interest rates. It is the right thing to do to support incomes, to support businesses um, but we do need to develop and we are developing a new plan for how we handle this virus. There seems to be a fair degree of confidence within the medical community uh, that certainly by um, by spring or the middle of next year that there will be a vaccine commercially available. There seems to be a high degree of confidence but not universal I accept. So we need to get through this period uh, and there will be a, an economic price to be paid but we have to stand behind businesses and give them the best possible chance uh, of surviving. Okay, I'll let you get on because I know you have another call but can I just sum it up here perhaps on behalf of many people who have been calling and contacting uh, this programme. Anyone who attended the event in Galway should be sacked. Yeah, and look, I can understand why people take that view, but it's not for me to, I don't have the power. Well, you, have, you can have an opinion on it at least. Yeah, and look, I... I Your opinion I, I, is I, you won't dance on people's graves. I don't want to kick people further when they're down. Okay. But there, we, we have had some accountability so far for the event. We haven't had full accountability yet. Okay. And I think that's been very clear from the discussion. I think this will run for a while then, clearly. I do, yeah. Okay, thanks for taking the call. As always, Michael McGrath, Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform. Your thoughts on that and whatever else is on your mind, text 0868-104-106. lot to do after the break. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851-04-106. Red FM. So, of course, uh, the latest development of this is that Phil Hogan broke the law while breaking the guidelines, if you can follow that, uh, on the way to Galway, having been in Kildare, when you're not supposed to do those kind of things. Um, and uh, the guard obviously, you know, went up the chain of command with regards to the guard who stopped him on his mobile phone, gave him a caution, incidentally, and left him go on his way. Uh, that uh, ended up across the desk of the guard commissioner, Drew Harris, who then in turn told the justice minister, Helen McAtee, and she told the Taoiseach, the Taoiseach, and the Taoiseach told the Taoiseach. And then Phil Hogan came out and admitted that he stopped in Kildare on the way to play golf uh, and ultimately also had to admit to the fact that he was stopped while on his mobile phone. And that that actually, the whole mobile phone thing, is making an awful lot of people very, very angry. Like, for instance, Anna, who says, I'm bloody raging. A few years back, I was on the phone in my car. It was on speakerphone, and I had the mobile in my hand at the wheel, but not up to my ear. I know it was wrong. I was stopped and given a 60 euro fine and three penalty points by a very rude guard. I have no issue with that as I was in the wrong. But to hear that Phil Hogan got a warning, what makes him better than me? 
I'm absolutely raging over this. One rule for the big boys, another for us mere mortals, Susanna. I mean, thank you for that. But think about being so kind of out of touch um, on so many different levels, but even in your phone, in your car now. And I'm quite sure that, you know, Phil Hogan isn't driving um, a 99C or a 99K car. He's probably driving something fairly modern that would have all of the tech in it to allow him to take calls and make calls without ever having to take his hands off the wheel. Talking about the simple aspect of Bluetooth. Um, anyway, text on that, text 0868104106. Writing to as a grandmother, so annoyed and disgusted at our politicians. Do they think they're immune to COVID-19? Uh, we as a country have followed all the guidelines. This behaviour by our politicians is an utter disgrace. My grandson made his confirmation last Thursday, a day we will remember forever. His original date was April, but due to the pandemic, it didn't happen. We were all in lockdown. A few weeks ago, seven members of the family could attend in the church, but as the number of COVID cases rose, it reduced to three family members. Storm Ellen whipped up and the confirmation still went ahead. There was no power in the church. Everyone had masks on. There was no organ playing. It was a confirmation that any child would remember for a long time. And the next day, government representatives have a golf dinner. My God, where are the rules? We as a family sat for a meal, just the six of us in a beautiful setting, which should have been a day of sunshine and togetherness. We enjoyed our day, but to get a kick in the teeth from our leaders and politicians to see their behavior has left me with a lot of questions. Is it one rule for them and one for us ordinary mortals? My grandson wore his mask in the church. He stood two meters away from his friend to take a picture. There was no mingling outside the church. If only all the people at the golf gathering behave like my 12-year-old grandson, then perhaps the number of cases may not be rising. We were doing so well, and I appreciate that we as a nation must do more. But if our leaders can't lead in an exemplary fashion, what hope have we? So annoyed. Somebody tweeted at the weekend, a medic on Side said that the event in Galway with the dividing partition between the two rooms with regards to COVID-19 was like having a peeing section in a swimming pool, you know, part of the pool where it was okay to pee. I mean, you got to think about that, but I think it makes an awful lot. It makes sense to me anyway, the daftness of it. Tony, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, I'll blast through some calls here. You're looking for resignations. The more, the better. At a minimum, at a minimum, and prosecutions for breaking the law. Um, what the prosecution for breaking the law would have been would have included driving on a mobile phone, and that didn't happen. That, that was the first point. But look, weddings were cancelled. There was big, big, big private weddings cancelled during the summer due that over numbers in a room. Funerals took place, and people couldn't say goodbye to their loved ones. And these clones—that's what I call them—clones think they're above the law. They're immune to prosecution. I watched Michael Martin give an interview on RTE last Thursday night. And he's a lame duck. Oh, that's the six-one interview. Saw that's that. That's right. Yeah. He wouldn't answer. He when he was pushed on the issue about, about resignations, he avoided a question on a number of occasions. When he was asked about the judge, he told Catherine Perry he was he couldn't make he couldn't get involved in the. Their in hands the are constitutionally tied on that one. Neil, hang on a minute. They're not, look, I heard Jody Bottom on, on an alternative radio station last Wednesday morning and he was on about the sacrifices people make and keep up the good work when he was in Galway. And he goes off and he attends this function. Now, in all fairness, these are, are supposed to be the brightest people, the most educated people we have leading the country. There was a so, chance that he was saying that just before he teed off then? That's right. 
God. No, it's an absolute disgrace. They shouldn't be made, give up to committees and small things like that. They should be sacked. They should be actually sacked without pay. You can't sack, you can't, apparently you can't sack a TD or you can't sack a senator. But this is the problem. They make, they make the rules. They make, they're the legislators. They make the rules. And look, we're, we're taking it. Be honest, we're taking it. We should be open the streets. This is from the Armatan and their vats will come out and say they might recall it all. They might. That's not good enough at all. That's not good enough. Really, it's not good enough. Behind my office, come out and make a concrete statement that anybody that attended that function is going to be sacked or they'll have to resign or they're going to be dropped their wages. Well, do you not think that consider your position is kind of uh, code for quit? Look, look, Phil Hogan, he's the most arrogant. I remember Phil Hogan in the water charges and his attitude was, you can't make an omnibus or breaking eggs. Mm. That's a phrase he used on a number of occasions. He's an arrogant Took, individual. It took a lot of pressure to get the guy to even apologise. That's right. I, like, uh, I, obviously, he friends in high places with the position he's holding. And, and no, he's apparently, apparently, he, apparently he's super duper at his job. Yes, but Neil, you, if you're super duper at your job, you must keep you. You must adhere to the law. There's none of us above the law. He's saying he's saying that he was only back in the country uh, like a, a few hours, and he wasn't aware of changes in um, in, in in guidelines. Just do, you believe that? do you believe that, Neil? You're an educated man. Do you believe that? I oh, certainly do not believe it. No, I'm only, saying, no, I'm only saying what the, what the guy said. He said he was uh, just uh, back uh, from uh, Brussels. He look, didn't he's know that. Train, he's going to try to regulate his to this. He's not going to give up his position in Europe and his big, big salary and the power and clout that he holds. He's not going to give that up. Anyway, she has a farm. He is a he's boss in Europe and she's asked for all of the paperwork on this. And if she sits down and reads chapter and verse on it, um, I'd say she'd be apoplectic well, with rage. She does remove him from his position. I really do hope. Now, he will be a lost. Like, if we lose our commissioner at, 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 in, in Europe, if we lose the commissioner, it's a loss to the country. But look, you must be up. He was on his mobile phone, which was far more serious than attending a golf dinner. No, I'll be honest, Neil. I thought the Galway tent. I thought all that was gone. Obviously, it's not gone. Because I got a list over the weekend of some people that attended the function. Brian Hayes, who's with the Banking Federation, my business is here on an Oroclus Junkers. Sean O'Rourke, why was he there? Donny Cassidy, why was he there? Uh, he's a Fianna Faller, Donny Cassidy, isn't he? But he's, he's gone. He's not a centre anymore. Yeah, but I, I, don't know how, I don't know how this golf... Uh, Did you get an email to go? No, I no, I don't play golf. I'm a, mem- no. I'm a member of Fianna Fáil. I got no email to go. It's a cosy cartel where they meet bankers and they meet and they do their little... They've, a golf, their little. they've had a golf society for years and years. I guess they play golf every year and they invite lots of different people. Uh, you, I mean, I don't, you, you think if it was only members of Fianna Fáil at the golf, it would be well, fine. I, but I, if you have judges and media and bankers, yeah, I think it's, a it's dodge. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a buy stop at the golf. I think for little deals are done. And it's scratch your back if it was scratch mine. That's what it's about. Nothing's changed, really. Well, look, I, 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 I thought about the year it was over. Right. Not. Okay, thanks for that. Aaron, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Thanks for your text. Thanks for coming on air. What have you got for me? Um, basically, I suppose I, I, I was just listening there to, to, to Tony, and I have to be honest, I think he's, he's, he's very right in a lot of the points he's made. Um, just very quickly, Neil, you said Phil Hogan uh, stated he was just back in the country. Yeah. And that's why he didn't know. Yeah. 
Well, again, like Tony said, is that's that statement can be taken incorrectly because it was only last week he he gets that uh, caution from the guardy in Kildare on the phone. Sure, he's lying straight away. You know, this, this, no, that was that was on the that was on the same day as the golf outing. Uh, you know, the golf game and the dinner. He was on his way to it. He was went from Kilkenny into Kildare. Kildare, correct? Picked up yeah, paperwork or about paperwork actually. It was very important paperwork. It had something to do with uh, U.S. Brexit EU negotiations. I uh, hope that the, he kept them safe in his car when they were in the car. And then he drove then from Kildare to Galway. So yes. he breached guidelines while breaking the law, caught in a mobile phone while driving. Absolutely. And also being in Kildare while I believe it's, it's lockdown. lockdown. It was in lockdown. Of course. Yeah. And he owns property there, if you're not aware of that, Neil, just to tell he you. He is an apartment in the K-Club, yeah. He doesn't, does indeed. And, uh, you know, I, I just think the whole lot of it is farcical. And I, I, unfortunately, it was only Tony's conversation I heard. I don't know, did you read out what I sent to Brenda this morning? But I, I, I really, really, uh, last week, I, I, I was in uproar for about three days after this. And I, I was speaking to many members, the Fianna Gael, Fianna Fáil, and Sinn Féin, and, and the National Party, all, a lot of people. I wanted to see what was actually, um, I suppose, the thoughts of the people, and 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 as you as you put it best there, Neil, this morning, people are, are enraged by this, and they they don't really seem to be listening at all when people are calling for their resignations. And and in fairness, the Taoiseach and the Tarnished have done so, and many other uh, political leaders uh, of parties have called for resignations um, from them. And I do believe, in, in fairness, uh, it, it 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 would be the most honest thing that they can do at this time. I accept the fact that they're no, 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 no. The only thing, like the only person that Michal Martin could actually have sacked would have been his minister for agriculture and he pretty much did he told him I'll give you till the morning to write the letter and Caleri was up all night writing the letter because if he hadn't written the letter of resignation Michal would have sacked him that was the only thing like Michal can't do anything about anybody in any other party and he certainly can't do anything about Hogan right but what, what what people want is that anybody who was at that event who's paid from the public finances should be sacked Exactly, I feel the same. As I said this morning, it's my belief that all public service members that attended this event have made a mockery of the sacrifices of the Irish people that they have made in recent months. The people are fighting for their businesses and their livelihoods, and the very people who are meant to be fighting for them and serving them act in this manner. It's extremely unprofessional. The judges, how in God's name can any of the judges present at this event pass judgment on somebody who may be in front of them for, we'll say, serious breaches of lockdown measures or breach of mandatory requirements? How can they pass judgment on these people after, the, after well, doing it themselves? Yeah, that's the issue here, really, if you're up before a judge. Like, but also, there's also more confusion now because the Irish Hotel Federation is saying, hang on a second, don't be dragging us into the headlines on this. We had no role to play they're saying, as, as opposed to what we were told last week, that uh, the hotel had uh, conferred and checked with the Irish Hotel Federation and they were told, yeah, it's okay, split the room and do the mass and everything will be fine. Hotel Federation saying, that's not, that's not how it was at all. We had nothing to do with this. So. Well, isn't, isn't that extremely concerning like, to, to, to find that out, Neil? Isn't it, in fairness? Because, um, you know, somebody must have approved that event. Somebody obviously passed that information to could it, someone. Could I ask you, were, thing, were things an awful lot better under, under the Fianna Gael uh, government, I wonder? You know, if Stephen Donnelly going on about um, COVID-19 being like bouncing on a trampoline. Michal's very, very weak um, address to the nation on the Tuesday, on Monday, with regards to changes on the Tuesday. 
Yeah, do you know what, Neil? I never thought I'd hear myself saying it, but I have to agree with you. I'm not, I, I wouldn't be a supporter of Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael. I've been actually apolitical, non-political, call it what you will, for quite a number Did of nobody years. within Fianna Fáil pull Hall aside and say, do you know that there's 80 or whatever of them going to a dinner in Clifton tonight or tomorrow night or, or next yeah. week? Do you believe that, Neil, buddy, do you, really? Do you believe for a, for a minute that the, the, the man that is governing our, our country, basically, is, is, we'll put it that way, the man that is, is in, in head of operations for our country at the moment didn't have a clue that this was going ahead? Come on now. I, I, think, I think you know... He says he, he, he said, well, I'm not a mind reader. He says he didn't. He says he didn't. Yeah, I, I, I'm, unfortunately, at this point in time, I, I wouldn't believe him. Um, I really wouldn't um, unfortunately I, I really wouldn't you're calling um, you say there about uh, you're calling there that possibly it, it, the country would have been would have been and was better run um, under Fine Gael do you know what hilariously I'm going to have to say uh, yes I'm going to have to say that right. maybe Leo Varadkar had done a better job than, than Hall. now I know he's only in the door but it seems to be farcical we've gone through two ministers of agriculture and for God's sake it's, it, it's, it's crazy and, and I do believe that this government will not last two years let alone four Neil okay. it's been farcical okay. well, I appreciate that come back after the break thank you Aaron Oliver standing by back after these call the Neil Prenderville show now 1850 104 106 Red FM Paul says morning it's the people who played golf and didn't go to the dinner they're the people who should be asked why now get the finger out, ask the right questions to see, well all I can tell you about that is that Enda Kenny, the former Taoiseach, played golf that day but refused to go to the dinner, he said he was very unhappy about the event and he said that he didn't think it was a good idea he said it would send out the wrong signals to the general public, in fact apparently Enda Kenny said that to other people who were golfing on the day and were going to the dinner. So if a former Taoiseach, um, as you're playing golf, says to you, listen, I'm not going, you shouldn't go, it'll send all the wrong messages, I feel really bad about that. Why didn't anybody listen to it when Enda Kenny said, don't go? And he was there on the day, played golf and went home. Quick call this side of uh, 10 o'clock. Oliver, good morning. Hi, Neil. Good morning. Thank you for taking I, I, the call. I was just- I was just um, listening earlier on to the, to the man that was going on about the Galway tent. And I, I believe myself that the leadership of the government, especially Michal Martin, had to have known an event of this size was going on, where business people, judges and politicians were mingling like the old Galway tent. It seems it's not gone away at all. It's just moved indoors. And not only that, but it's come out since that Michal Martin actually sponsored a prize. Nah, well, he didn't sponsor it. The Fianna Fáil party gave a piece of crystal. A piece of crystal, right. And and uh, Hogan claims, Phil Hogan claims that he didn't know about the rules and the regulations. Well, we the Supreme Court judge there on the day. Now, he he's one of the highest judges in the whole country. If he didn't have the information about the lockdown that he could have passed on to Phil while they were doing the 18 <laughs> holes. Derek Kaliri, Derek Kaliri was at the cabinet meeting on the morning that they changed the guidelines and tightened up and took we took those steps back as a country. So, like, and Kenny told people when they were playing golf, don't go to the dinner. But nobody listened to him. Exactly. And, and as far as I remember when these regulations came out about COVID-19, like, this hasn't gone on since last week. This has been going on since February or March. Like, and, and everyone has adhered to it. And up to now, we have done a fantastic job. But it seems over the last four or five weeks, everyone's just given up and just will move on and everyone's going to get infected of some sort. But 
I believe that the, the law stated that ignorance is no defence if you get caught out. So surely Phil Hogan should have made it his business to find out the regulations before he went breaking them. Like, he knew that you're not allowed to use a mobile phone. Okay, can I ask you, because I'm under pressure for time here, but I'm curious as to people's opinion on this. Are people more angry and annoyed about the dinner in Clifton or the fact that he got a caution for driving on a mobile phone, which is so dangerous you could kill somebody? Well, I, I think he should be ashamed of himself on, on the fact that the mobile phone, because the mobile phone, I, I believe people that are using mobile phone should be put off the road. Simple as that. They should be put off the road because at any second they could kill a child on the side of the road. But the, 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 the And there's no excuse is, for it with the technology in cars now. It's just... None whatsoever. None whatsoever. It's built into most of the cars now. Hand-free kit. But he's ju- he was just, it was a lazy, like, like the fact that he didn't find the information out. But, uh, Neil, since Fianna Fáil have taken over from Fine Gael, it's been an absolute circus. Leo Vradkar must be laughing when he's having his tea in the evening time at, at the shambles that's taken place since he actually handed over. Well, I, maybe. I, I think it's Sinn Féin are laughing on the sidelines saying, won't be long now, lads. New year. Oh, and- and that's the truth of it. Like, uh, they, they, it's, it's damage limitations with Fianna Fáil. And, and everything, every second day it seems to be damage limitations. Or they keep telling you, move on. Okay. The simple fact of it is, Neil, he showed lack of leadership in keeping the doll open for the week of the kids going back to school. This okay. is the biggest event that has faced Ireland. Doll should be sitting. School. Okay, out of time. Thanks for that. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie. Okay, in spite of all of the double standards and hypocrisy and all of this carry on, and it shows that in some circles very little has changed, I can put some uh, happiness into your life. We've been given €2,000 cash from the Ballancolic Credit Union. All right, and every time that uh, I get cash... From Ballancolly Credit Union, we give it away in the form of paying bills. So if you've got an unexpected expense or a bill you need paying, uh, then let me know about it. Text 086-8104-106. That's the best way. I might take callers on the air then as well uh, later in the day and right across the week. So over the course of the week, we're going to be paying bills courtesy of ourselves in the Ballancolly Credit Union. Um, but you need to persuade me now. All right. So make a case as to why I should pay your bill, or a portion of it, or to help you pay towards it. Uh, you know, maybe it's a little bit of something that's come up at home that needs fixing, or a home improvement, or a payment on a car, or, or a bill, or a deposit on a holiday in Portugal <laughs> in 2022. And we get texting on that. Text 0868104106, courtesy of ourselves, and Balancholic Credit Union, lending to the community. Further details at their website, bcu.com. I.e. Um, listening to the discussion regarding Golfgate, and I have to say, what a mess. Did Jerry Buttermer walk into that room and say to himself, I shouldn't be here? If he did and still stayed, then he either doesn't have the courage of his convictions or he really thought he was above COVID regulations that the rest of the country has to adhere to. If that is the case, then he should not be in office at all. Furthermore, uh, I wonder if Michal Martin realizes that Leo Varadkar threw him a bone with the job as Taoiseach. And a tainted bone it is too. Leo didn't stay on with the job at this time because he knew it would be a disaster and that Michal Martin would be in over his head. 
Now all Leo will have to do is ride back in on his white steed and save the day. What pompous idiots the lot of them are. I hear people all over the world complaining about Donald Trump. Don't they realise that in America they were sick of the old status quo, the old boys club and the rhetoric and those who told us uh, what to do while ignoring the rules themselves? Uh, the world is changing. It's time to wake up Ireland and see what's happening right under your noses. Get them out. Give Sinn Féin a chance. It can't be any worse than it is now. Engage your fighting spirit, Ireland. Yours sincerely, says Lillian. Engage your fighting spirit, she says, by email to neil at redfm.ie. The virus is so deadly, Mr. McGrath, that the doll is on summer holidays and the Irish high life is having golfing jamborees. That's how deadly this virus is, right? Scripted waffling um, from Michael McGrath. Uh, ask him why they aren't being fired. I did, a number of times. Different rules for them, as always. Real leadership is needed now and people need to resign. Michal Martin, you have no balls and are a laughing stock. This is a Father Ted government. Um, the, the Taoiseach would claim to be as angry and livid about this as everybody else, in the sense that he claims that he knew nothing about the dinner. He acted as quickly as he could. He's um, frustrated because his hands are tied when it comes to EU commissioners and judges. That would be his response to that, not mine, incidentally. Why didn't... I've asked this question numerous times. I, I thank you again for reminding me. Why didn't the guardie go into the hotel and stop the gathering? The guards are responsible for not shutting this down. It's the guards' fault. McGrath has lovely words, but lacks sincerity. Well, you're wasting your time interviewing a politician who's in power. All you get is waffle. Um, get him off. He's only trying to limit the damage and make bigger fools out of us. Now, these were millionaires, a lot of them. and They believe the laws don't apply to them. This has been going on for decades. Uh, morning, just saw on Facebook that Micheál Martin sponsored a prize for the Golf Society tournament. What the hell? The way that's going now with this prize, that eventually I'll get a text saying Micheál Martin presented the prize at the dinner on the Wednesday night. <laughs> that's the way this is going. Micheál Martin didn't give the prize. I mean, there was all sorts of things there. Fina Fall gave a bit of crystal. I'm sure that there were, would there be Kenwood food processors and Toasters and pieces of crystal and duvets and electric blankets. Not the kind of stuff they give out at golf society dinners, you know, for you know, the round of golf that won on the day and stuff like that. Um, should the guardie be given powers to break up golf parties? I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, did Michael McGrath know this function was going on? If he did, then he's as guilty as those who attended. He didn't. He didn't know. He, he did get an email, he said, months ago, asking him if he wanted to play. And he deleted it and didn't respond. And that was the last he ever heard of it. Um, if there was enough of them around the corridors of power in Leinster House, though, they might have had conversations about, are you going tonight? Are you going tomorrow? Are you playing golf? Are you going to go to the dinner? But they're saying that there wasn't enough of them around the doll to even have those conversations. But Enda Kenny did play golf that day and he was telling people who were teeing off and playing golf, don't go to the dinner tonight. Don't go. It's not right. It'll look wrong. It's dangerous. The public won't forgive you. Nobody listened to him. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Texter says, come here on a lighter note, Neil. Can you not find out who won the golf outing? Who won on the day? What was the first prize? And what did they take away? It's a good point. Well made. I'm a healthcare worker in one of the main Cork hospitals. I have faced COVID more times than most people have heard the word. Golfgate has driven me beyond the point of fuming as a healthcare professional, but for different reasons to most. We're in the middle of a major pandemic and the usual political point scoring game is in full flight. That makes me cross. 
it does not make my job any safer if the golf representatives are still in their positions this morning. My kids are going back to school. Uh, it will not make them any safer if the golfing representatives are still in their positions this morning. My wife works, uh, we used to work in the hospitality sector and is on pup until her place of work reopens. Our household financial situation does not improve if the golfing representatives are still in their positions this morning. Our public reps at every level need to cut the games, engage in meaningful actions, not lip service, and get the economy open, protecting our families and most importantly, all those fighting COVID. Can't come on because I'm working, but thank you uh, and the Redfern family for keeping us entertained and informed throughout these dark days. Then there was a letter to the editor that appeared at the weekend. Um, forgive me, I'm not sure which newspaper. It could have been the Examiner. It could, it probably was the Examiner because it's a Professor William Malloy, uh, who is a professor at St. Finbar's Hospital in Douglas. And he says, I'm a front, a frontline healthcare professional. I'm at risk of COVID-19 every day. I go to work. This is not a small thing. This disease, as I've seen, can be fatal. I expect people to respect healthcare workers and older adults who are significant high risk from this disease. I just read your article about these clowns at some event in a hotel in Galway, 80 of them in the same golf event, including the agriculture minister, together with other TDs, councillors, senators. Neff had just recommended that people in nursing homes should not have any more than four nominated visitors for the next three weeks. We in healthcare isolate ourselves from families and friends when we're exposed. I have many colleagues who got COVID-19 in work and had a very difficult time with it and afterwards. We're seeing more and more outbreaks now in congregated settings. Then these Muppets said it was okay because there was 40 in one side of the room and 40 on the other side. This is like having a peeing section in a swimming pool or a smoking section in one half of a room. Are you having a laugh here? Talk about adding insult to injury. How arrogant, stupid, irresponsible are these idiots? I don't write to newspapers, but this was so outrageous that I had to comment. The vast majority of people are genuinely trying to self-isolate, wash their hands, wear masks, socially distance, minimize risks to themselves and others. And this is just reckless and incredibly dangerous behavior. The government needs to act immediately if they're to maintain any credibility going forward. In the management of this pandemic. They need to make an example of these idiots and make it quickly and publicly. I think five things should happen in very short order. Close this hotel for a long time. Fire every serving member of the government who attended. Charge the government members criminally with endangering the public by their reckless behavior. Make them all self-isolate now for two weeks and publish their names to publicly shame them. Professor William Malloy, St. Finbar's Hospital, Douglas Road, Cork. There you have it. Back to the phone lines we go. Pat, good morning. Good morning. How are you? All right. Okay. So you're referencing now, for instance, Barry Cowan's drink driving and Phil Hogan driving while holding a phone. How many more things are going to come out of the closet? Who's next? Politicians have terrible trouble with the rules of the road, don't they? They have terrible trouble with rules, full stop. What? Who, who's next? Who's, like, I mean, I'd say whoever is it, does next it, is, it, like, if, the culture is going to get a heart attack when he's announced. The next one, is it? Yeah, because, uh, like, I mean, it seems to be the Minister of Agriculture, seems to be the poison chalice. Yeah, what I mean, was it Oscar Wilde said know? about that? To lose one minister is unfortunate, to lose a second one is careless, is it? I think something like that. And, uh, I, I mean, just your, your first interview this morning with Michael McGrath, he's just more or less proved that Michal, Michal Martin is lying. How? If he got an email about if he got an email about the, the golf event, so did Michal Martin. Aye, but I mean that was a long time ago. 
makes no odds. They got an email about it, and you can be betting sure that the dinner was mentioned in the email. Are you telling me that they organised an event and then turned around and said afterwards, or oh, we add the dinner to it? The dinner would have been part but, of it originally. But come here, listen, we all made plans three, like, I don't know how long ago it was, but let's say it was two or three months ago. We all, we all had plans. I mean, I thought, and three, they, they I they thought three months ago I'd, I'd be on a foreign holiday. Did they change? We, we all changed ours, but did they change theirs? No, no, they didn't. No, no, no. Well, there you go. I mean, we, we, we've been told there's kids going to make confirmation in September. Schools are after outlining. You can have one parent and a sponsor or two parents and no sponsor inside in the church. But yet they can take 80 into a small room. And by the way, that hotel in Clifton, you couldn't swing a cat inside in those rooms. So getting 80 in there was akin to having 20 in a cubicle of a public island. And apparently some people in one of the rooms were annoyed because they couldn't hear the speakers in the other room. They, they like... They were even annoyed about the about the room being split in two. Yeah, it's just it, it's like it's absolutely ridiculous. Why I mean, didn't any of them leave? I know I've said this a million times, but do you not think it, like particularly with Enda Kenny? Because, who, because they're above us. No, they don't. I mean, no, 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 no. None of them could have been in there thinking the rules don't apply to us. That's stupid. It seems to be that it's it's it, it does apply to them, but it seems to be that way. It seems to be do as we say, not do as we do. I mean, I would be calling on every business club association, everybody that are affected by the lockdown and the restrictions imposed by the government. Dispenser them, especially the publicans that are going to be shut for good. Open up. What's the point in keeping these rules? What's the point in us doing everything? Just open your business, is it? Just open your business, That's go back to normal. What, what, what's the point of us? What's the point of us following the rules when the rule makers won't respect them themselves? Yeah, but it Michael wasn't. Martin, it, yeah, but, but Michael Martin wasn't. Michael Martin gave a speech. He stood at the podium, and to be honest, he was akin to Gollum in Lord of the Rings. I was waiting for him to rub the badge that said "Officer on T-shirt" and go, mm, "My precious." <laughs> <laughs> because that's all he was what? interested in being was the, the, the teacher of the country he wasn't interested in the good of the country he wasn't interested in the thing he was interested in personal gain and the name Michal Martin Taoiseach if he was interested in the, the good of the country and everything else when he would have arranged the, the coalition he'd have turned around and said to Leo okay to keep continuity with the, the country and to keep us with COVID rules we'll let you have the first run of the two years you stay in power we'll come in two years later was everything much calmer and much more in control before Fianna Fáil took over as government mm, leaders not much better but slightly not much better. Like there seems like we did the Twitter poll at the weekend. Sixty forty went uh, for Edgar Bacchus Tishuk. Uh, and so I he he why. seemed to have a very soothing effect upon people. That's my understanding of it. Whereas Michael Martin seems to be making people nervous. He, he brought a human aspect to it. He, he like put put it this way. He brought in quotes from movies. When cut out in it, the very first thing he did was he threw his hand up and said, "Look, I was trying to make it light. These are dark days, bloody blah." He gave a human touch to it. A lot of people could relate to that. There was a guy who came out, an actor came out and said, "Oh, can you get this into your speech?" He walked it into the next speech. He added that bit of humour to it. Like, in dark days when there was nothing, people waited on the speech to see, ah, Jesus, will he get it in? Ah, no, will he not? I know, you know yeah, I, mean? I know. And, now, they, and, now they did look back on it, I know what you're saying, yeah, bring back the movie uh, quotes. It, 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 brought, it brought back a bit of fun to it, you know what I mean? It lightened it, and people had a different aspect to it. But, like, you, you, he, Michal Martin needed to hit the ground running, except the ground he hit was quicksand. 
Yeah, but it's not it's not his fault that uh, you know Barry Khan got into hot water drink driving. It's not his fault that Derek Leary had a brain freeze. Whose fault? No, it's not his fault. But who appointed him? Yeah, but he, he like. Uh, hang on a minute. Yeah, but you, like, you, you, you go to any you go to any CEO of any of the big companies down on your skiddy. Like, and, but and you're they, like a judge. You think check. they'll do a background check on anybody they're going to appoint as a manager? Why didn't he do a background check on his entire cabinet? Because there would have been wouldn't nothing to show. Wouldn't have taken, di- taken him an hour. But what would have shown up? Nothing. The police system would have shown it up. Ah, yeah, with Cowan, yeah, but with Cleary. I, I, I mean, I know about it. Ah, with, 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 with Cleary, to, to be fair, no, with Cleary and Jerry Bottom, we're like, how thick is, how, how thick is cement? I hope because to talk I hope to talk to Jerry Bottom this week. Um, and that, that was what was in their brains. Like, I mean, there's a reason, Jerry. Jerry Bottom, we're last to cease. There's a reason Jerry Bottom isn't a TD anymore. And Jerry Bottom was arrogant, thought to the fact he had to step down last week. Arrogance? Why? His, it's not the first time Jerry has flaunted rules and regulations and things. Mm. As regards political wise. I don't know I anything. Come out and say sorry. I, I don't know anything about any of that. I'm not even going to go there because you can't make allegations that are unfounded. So don't make any allegations at all. I'm not making any allegations, but I'm going by previous responses where he's had to come out and say sorry and apologize for stuff. Well, I mean, sometimes, you know, politicians say things that annoy people and have come back and, I mean, he did apologize and he did. He did resign as last car, last like of the Shannon. I mean, what do you? What else do you like? What I would like to know from what I really would love to know from Jerry Bonner is how he felt when he walked into the room. That's my question to him. And hopefully on Wednesday I'll have an opportunity to say what was going through your head, or was there any conversation with anybody about really? Could should we really be doing this? Did anybody say? Like apparently, Enda Kenny did say to people, "Don't go to the dinner tonight. I'm not going to go. Play golf, go home. The and, public and won't thank play, you." And fair play, Enda for having having the steel backbone to stand up. But like, I mean, I heard. I can't remember which one of them came out and said it last week. One of the politicians. We checked with the Irish Hotel Federation as regards the rules and regulations. And the Irish Hotel Federation are saying B O double L O X to that. And so they should because. They're the government. They made the bloody rules and regulations. Is it the Irish Hotel Federation? Is I know running the country? Uh, the te- no, look, I'm not defending them. The, the, the rule changed overnight. No, it didn't. It did. No, it didn't. They had it kicked in. in it, you it, couldn't no, have it, had 50. Prior it, to that, you couldn't have had over 50 in the one gathering. And they had 80. Yeah. They knew before the rules changed overnight, they still had more than 50. They had more than 50 and they split them into two rooms. Makes no idea you can't split them into two groups according to their own regulations. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, know yeah. exactly what they were doing. Yeah. As, as, as you just read out the comment there from somebody earlier, peeing in a pool or a smoking section. It's, it's like the old days when you flew to Turkey. There was a smoking section down the back of the plane. What was the point in having the no smoking section up the front when the smoke was blown forward? Yeah, and that's exactly what the, the consultant is saying at St. Finbar's. All right, let me talk to Colin. Thank you so much. Have a good day, Pat. Colin, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Thanks for holding. Um, have, no, you, no. have you a bigger issue with uh, driving while on the phone or going to the dinner? Well, to be honest with you, uh, I have an issue on all, everything that's going on. But saying that, like even the Garda who, who stopped and just left them off on a caution, which is complete and utter ridiculous. They're not even doing their jobs properly, especially when it comes to government or big higher figures, you know what I mean? I didn't even know that it's a discretionary thing. A guard can let you off. For the, I thought it was mandatory. You get three points and at least a 60 euro fine. I, I didn't think it, they it had is, any. It is to everyone else. 
except for these these big heads in government and stuff like that, they can get away with anything. But so you think he saw his face and said, oh yeah, okay, politician, you can go on. Oh yeah, or, or looking his driving licence, notice his name, and no doubt he said, oh, this is, this is who I am. And there's, oh yeah, they go, fine, go on, don't do it again. Do you know what I mean? But it, it's just not fair. It's not fair on... I mean, do they have the know? same, do guards have the same discretionary powers for someone who's stopped drink driving? At this stage, you, you don't know anymore. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's kind of the same, isn't it? Texting while driving, holding oh, a phone up to your ear while driving. A very, very quick story. A few years ago, I was I was driving a van, uh, just courier. I was like 10 to 8 in the morning, and I was going 15 miles over the limit going through Ross Carberry. Just, you know, when you're going over the bridge, kind of, you know, going towards Skipperine. The causeway, yeah. Yeah, I was just going over that bridge, and he was, uh, the guard was there. And as soon as I seen him, I looked at oh, Damn, I got caught. I knew I was 15, just 15 miles over the limit. So what I done was I, I pulled over straight away. He didn't even have to put his flashing lights on because I knew he was going to come. And I really, that was my first time ever getting caught. So I just said, look, I'm so sorry. I didn't realise, you know, it's early in the morning. I just have to get your whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was so apologetic, done whatever. I says, what's happening next? I didn't have a clue. Uh, he says, uh, no, we have to find you. And I, I was so nice to him. I said, I don't know, I might get away with this. But no, nah, didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that was Do you get penalty points for it? Oh, I got three penalty points and 80 euro fine. So how does that make you feel then when a guy, unbeknownst to the guard, of course, he had gone from, he was in Kildare, he'd gone from Kilkenny to Kildare and he was going to a golf do and then a dinner afterwards. So the, the guard would have known none, none of those kind of things, but he broke the law while breaching guidelines. How does that make you feel as someone who was 15 miles or kilometres over the limit in the early morning. Yeah, and got... in the morning and there was no ah, traffic whatsoever. Yeah. So what, you know what, I mean? what does that uh, make you think? It makes think me that... feel sick. Like at the moment, I'm... I'm does self-sick. it make you feel as them and the rest of us? Oh, completely. There's one rule for one and one rule for another and it's just not fair. I think they, they should be... They, they should be looking at this more closely, you know, and saying, right, lads, come on. You know what I mean? It's just not fair. It's just like what they've done in the golf dinner... Um, like they broke that big rules that like with me I'm self-isolating for 14 days because I went off to Portugal last week for what's it three or four nights and I'm sticking to the guidelines I'm, I'm, I'm not leaving my house because I'm not allowed to and then you hear something like where, that where, where are you doing when I went to Portugal last Saturday just to see my son um, which was the most safest you know, to be honest with you it was a lot safer uh, flying to another country than walking through an Isle of Aldi to be honest with you because everything was so smooth you have a so point well there done. you have a point there you do uh, what was the plane like were there many upon it 11 on the entire flight yeah, I had the best seat on the on the on the flight, right in the the wing, you know, the the leg room and everything. Um, everything was just spot on, perfect, uh, just in and out, no problems. And on the way back, there was about twelve or thirteen on the plane on the way back. Okay. But this, uh, the the way that everyone uh, takes um, social distancing seriously in Portugal is second to none. And I mean, was Cork Airport been. like very quiet? Dead, dead. Straight in, walk in. It was completely dead. Walked into a, uh, you know, when you um, when you go through security, flew straight in there, no problems whatsoever. Came out, and then you know, you think I'd love a pint now because you know yourself, you're going to the airport. It doesn't matter what time you are, but like a drink just before you hop onto the plane. But there's bars so, closed, obviously. Oh, everything is closed. But well, why did you do? Why did you go when so many people 
either cancelled or lost their money? Um, because firstly, it was cheap. It was cheap. I was going from uh, um, straight into Portugal into into my um, staying with my son. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I went to, with him and. All we were doing was just sitting by the pool, and you know, just you know, every, everything like even in a pub or a bar, like he ha- he ha- he has a bar in Albufeira, and like it was they're boring because when you go there, as soon as you walk up to the bar, you have to put your mask on. You're put to your seat. You can take your mask off. If you want to go to the toilet, the first thing you do is put your mask back on. Do you know what I mean? Mm. The guards, the, the police over there, they are passing all the time. If they see anyone dancing, they come in. Oh, well, yeah, look, I, I'm not, no, I'm, I'm not disputing any of that. And, um, and it was your choice and you made it. But I know people I know people will be annoyed that you went at all, regardless of whether it was safe or not. Well, it was against advice and guidelines. Still, yeah, because like, if, if that's the point, why are they still flying there? If they don't, really don't want you to go. They shouldn't have flights there. Do you know what I mean? I was talking to a friend of mine who was big into aviation on Saturday and I was looking at Skyscanner, you know, or is it Flight Scanner where you yeah, can look yeah. at all of the planes? The, the, the skies are full of airplanes. Like there are still tens of thousands of them flying around. And he said, yeah, but they're all empty. They're all empty. Yeah, he yeah. said that it's cheaper. He says it's cheaper for the planes to fly um, than to give back refunds. He says that's why that the, the planes are flying. It's because if you know all this costing them is a couple of pilots and a few crew and yeah, but I, I don't aviation fuel. Yeah, I don't see one bit um, bad in going because the way I, like I'm so used to social distancing and I know exactly what to do. You know what I mean? Um, we're not stupid. Like look at Sweden; everything is open. Schools. I know. I'm are, just asking you, considering that other people are playing ball as to, you know, did you well, get did you get any grief from did you tell people you have now that you went to Portugal? Oh I look they all know but it's all my friends and family and, you know, neighbours okay. and all that. And but like they know no, if they look out they they're not gonna see me because I'm not out. I'm I'm self isolating. I'm Good just man. doing uh, for two weeks. I, but the, but that's if you want to have fun, you have to do have the consequences as well. Do it right. Okay. okay. Do you know what I mean? And th- that's the whole. I, I'm sh- I'm shocked. There's no big petition because I honestly really upset over the way they're they're carrying on and how they're getting away with it. Everyone should be sacked. Okay, and one has to wonder with regards to this golf dinner. Did all of them who attended it um, go into two weeks quarantine? No, they don't care. Okay. None of them care. It's it's like that email. That is very very powerful email you read out about that doctor in the Saint Finbars. Uh, yeah. That was actually that really hit me. That the way he he put his words together. That was very very strong and powerful. Yeah, but he's he's as much talking about about you as he is about those that went up to the golf dinner. Well, of, of course, but at the end of the day, Neil, I uh, like they said, if you go away, you have to self-isolate for 14 days. All right, so and I you're doing go that. away, and okay. I am doing it. Okay, appreciate it. Do Thanks for that. that. Thanks, Colin. Listen, thank you very take much. Take care. Take okay, care. Bye-bye. Cheers. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone, 1850104106. Now, maybe, Neil, now you can see why Morris McCabe had problems with penalty points being pulled. Because uh, it's, uh, well, these penalty points weren't pulled. They were never given in the first place. And I think that that's quite interesting. I didn't know that the guards had some sort of a discretionary power to just warn some people and give a fine and three penalty points to another. Uh, in the case of um, Phil Hogan, of course, he had a mobile phone up to his ear holding a conversation, which means that you can't fully concentrate 
on driving on the roads. And they were rural roads as well. So that was definitely for a motorway on a straight line or anything. Uh, and on top of that, like when you only have one hand, uh, your um, ability to be able to react to an emergency is greatly diminished. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Some of those that were at it may have gone into isolation for a fortnight, but not all of them. Uh, the, the online this morning, I was reading the one senator who played in the in the Clifton golf, Fianna Fáil golf outing, um, went and played more golf um, again twice in the same week. So didn't go into um, any kind of isolation or quarantine. Um, lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Sean is in Tenerife. Sean, good morning. Good morning. Neil. You, you have long held the belief that um, politicians are only in it to line their own pockets. Uh, that that's actually Neil is a quote from my late mother. Yeah. And let's say I. Unlike your other listeners now, I, I cannot go into the political conversation with you because I don't know anything whatsoever about the politicians. I've always voted. I will have listened to their promises. And then, let's say, when they are elected, they might give what they once promised. But they'll take it back with the other hand. It was always a case of robbing Peter to pay Paul. You- so I, I, am not, I am not going to discuss politicians because, to tell you the truth, Neil, I don't know anything about them. Okay, but in but the case, do you, do you accept that people sometimes make genuine mistakes for which they're contrite? Oh, Neil, I've made several mistakes. Yeah, and is this myself. one of them, like, for, for people no. who... Oh, Neil. No? Well, my, 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 my grief is, is the effect that this has had on families. Let's say, I'm not going to repeat all the people saying about the funerals, about having to look at a loved one through a glass window. In our, I can only speak for myself, Susan, and my own family. We, we are away from our family. Granted, we're away by choice. The highlight of, of being here was having our family here for their summer holidays every year. Mm. That hasn't happened this year. We've accepted that. We haven't gone back this year. We've accepted that. Mm. We've, we, we, another highlight was going home for communion's confirmations. The kids were disappointed. The kids accepted that. The, the kids accepted that because they didn't see their parents bringing friends into their houses, parting. They understood mum and dad, they have not gone to work for months. This must, now these, I'm talking about young kids, not adults. Um, mum and dad haven't gone to work. Um, they understand there's something radically wrong. Uh, I'm 72. Both my parents died at 76. So if I'm to go down their road, I've got four years left. I, 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 I have been obeying the rules. Okay, maybe not the Irish rules. Because if I was at home, Neil, I can assure you that I would be in the depths of depression. I'm a, I'm a gregarious person. I, I, I need the company of people. My wife's a quiet person, uh, quite willing to sit in all day and all night. She had to. Mm. I'm not like that. If I was sitting at home, being confined and to see that these upstarts are, are blatantly, blatantly sticking up the middle finger to the old people, to the families, to the people who, who have been denied saying goodbye to their loved ones. I am furious with them. And as I said, and if they were I to say to you, yes, but we, we were aware of uh, the guidelines that existed at the time, um, but we were told that it was COVID compliant, you know, you know, two rooms, you know, all this kind of physical distancing at table. Uh, none of that. Anyway, it makes no sense because there was 10 people sitting at some of the tables. And anyway, you, ha- you couldn't have gatherings of that number unless it was exactly. a wedding. Exactly. People have sacrificed, not only, and, and people are going to financial ruin, and people are going to the depths of depression, and people are going to commit suicide, and the cure is worse than the disease. 
Now, I wonder, yeah, I wonder, do you believe that it is? I do, I honestly and truly do. I mean, I, I, I feel if everybody, let, let's face it, all, all those huge parties, the, 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 kids, the, the, um, the students, if it was as bad as it's supposed to be, the way those students were, were parting and, and shoulder to shoulder, the numbers in Cork would have soared. The numbers in Cork have not soared. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. isn't that proof of pudding? If, when, we, when we go, we wear our masks. We would, because, like the, your previous uh, caller said, in um, of the rest of Europe, you have no choice but obey the law. Because, because you're going to be heavily fined. Uh, and going back to this, um, that, that, whoever he was, on, on the telephone, on the phone. So I'll, I'll just give you an insight. Phil Hogan. Now, yeah. I, yeah, well, whatever his name is. Yeah. I, I, I have never, the worst thing that I ever got in Ireland was um, a parking fine. I've, I've never been caught on the phone. No, I, I say I'll, I've never been caught on the phone. Yeah. Um, I remember one day here I was walking my dog on the beach and I, was, I had to, an, I, an iPod with, with those small earphones. Yeah. And I came back to my car and I got into my car and I drove. And within, within I'd say, five minutes, if not three minutes, the blue lights were behind me. I was made pulling and I said, my God, because I wasn't speeding. I said, what have I done to myself? These two big, burly, armed policemen got out, told me to step out of the car. And the point at the earphones. Now, to tell you the truth, I had forgotten to take out the earphones. Yes. Um, they asked if my ID. I gave. I, I, this was standing at the side of the road, outside of the car deal. Yeah. I gave them my ID. One of them stayed with me. The other went to the car. Obviously, checked my ID. He came back, uh, and he said, "Everything is okay. Your ID, your residency, everything is okay." And he handed me a piece of paper. He said, "Okay, go on your way." When I looked at the piece of paper, it was a fine for two hundred euro. My God. If I paid within six months, it was 100 euro. Sorry, one month, it was 100 euro. I wasn't asked, what was I was listening to. I wasn't, and they say the Gardaí aren't doing their job. The Gardaí are very, very soft. They, they, they give people the benefit, the benefit of the doubt. And this Here, but I, I mean, I, I'm getting reams and reams of texts from people who have got penalty points or have been stopped and fined. I mean, yeah, oh, okay, but as regards, let's say, the, the, the social distancing and the parting, I mean, I know the guards could do nothing about it, but it's, t- it's time that the guards were allowed to do something about it. And I suppose, it, it, even still, if I, when I go home, if I'm stopped by a guard, my stomach turns, because I was reared... That's the generational respect. thing, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. I was reared to respect authority. I reared, we reared our kids as best possible to respect authority. But these people who are in authority... And then, and then they, as I said already, they, they stick their middle finger up at all those who are obeying. And I admire people. At the, I've come to this. But if, uh, but, yeah, but if people, if you say when, and and incidentally, if if you're looking at your age, you know, you said that your parents died at seventy six. Is it? Which yeah. gives you four years. Yeah. You'll, you'll only have four years left if you keep thinking like that, you know. But but I, do, well, I, I, I no, I don't. I, I, I don't. I'm just saying, no. I do. I accept uh, what you're saying, but I'm just saying that, like, people in their seventies, you say, are now thinking of their own mortality anyway, of course, and try exactly. and you and your words are they're trying to make the most of what's left of them. How exactly. then can how then can the cure be worse than the disease if we want to mind the lives and the quality of life of people seventy plus? I, if, if people of seventy plus obey the rules, which we all do, because we, we like that, we are—I won't say nervous group, but we, we we want to live as long as we can. If you social distance, wear your mask, 
follow the rules. I, I, I feel, honestly, rather than sitting inside at home and being told that, oh, you're, you're in a certain category now, you have to be caged up for what, what you've got left. And that is what an awful lot of people. I have friends of my age and older in Ireland who, who would even, let's say, clients, old clients of mine, who would ring me and they'd say, Sean, I'm terrified. I haven't been, some of them haven't been outside the door, Neil. Yeah. They're, they're, they're absolutely terrified. Since March, yeah. Exactly, with very, these very nice religious women read me and say, by God, Sean, I feel terrible. I haven't even gone to Mass. I'm scared. And these are people that say with families. And, and what are you saying to them? Don't be scared. Put on a mask. Go to Mass. Is it? Well, uh, I say to try and take every day as it comes. And, you know, it, 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 it's, it's bad. But if you're, you're, you're low. I can hear by your voice that you're very, very lonesome. You're very, very terrified. I said, even just go for a walk around the block and get used to going out. People are terrified. Old people are terrified. Yeah. And then they turn on the television because that's their own company. And then they see this show of, of, of I, I don't want to use the word that I'd like to call them, up there l- laughing at them. Yeah. Okay. La- the, the, the example comes from the top. When I was in business, I would never ask anybody to do a job that I wouldn't do myself. It might be cleaning the windows. I'll do the outside when you do the inside. Mm. But you, you, you don't sit down and say, go out there and, and then while I, while I go away and do the exact opposite. Maybe uh, I, maybe they thought, should surely be to God all this was checked and it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, listen to me. The, the, the dogs in the street know, know what's going on. And I wonder how many other outings did all this elite people have and they weren't caught. I admire the journalists that 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 out of them, because because I I very much live and let live. But when it's affecting people and people have been abiding by the rules, and then that this is a slap, not just one slap, it's a double clatter across the face. And I'm absolutely non-political, but disgusted, absolutely disgusted with what's wrong in that country at the moment. Thanks for that, Sean Wren and Tenerife. Appreciate it. Lines are open to one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Just ahead of that, a few minutes over this after the new restrictions were announced the other night my 80 year old mother is terrified that's what Sean is saying only recently she had started going on the bus in the mornings for a break into town or going to the local shop she always had a mask on now she's back to giving shopping lists to people to get a few bits and pieces she refuses to leave the house it's, it's the likes of my mother who did what was asked of her from day one who were suffering us people did not vote for the mess of a government we ended up with. If Michal Martin's excuse is that he didn't know about the shindig, then that tells you all you need to know. He's a disgrace, dithering like a dog chasing his tail, says Paul. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851 Red FM. Only public gathering, or the only indoor gathering you could have with more than 50 people at the time, best to my knowledge, was a wedding. I don't think anybody got married at it. Surely the hotel would have known that, you know. I mean, everybody else cancelled everything. Uh, to the phone lines we go, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Derek Hillary resigns as Fianna Fáil deputy leader uh, following the golf dinner controversies. An update there for you. Um, back on the phones, we have uh, Colin standing by. First up, Peter, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Okay, this is interesting because um, I see a text coming in saying that anybody in public office should be fired because they're being paid by the public. That You agree? That That's the point you wanted to make, wasn't it? Well, that is the point I want to make. The, 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 what seems to be lost here is the whole public service. They are the servants of the public. 
It's not the other way around, Neil. We employ them. Yeah, and I, I made the point, and I make it as a citizen, but I also kind of feel a bit obliged or a bit compelled to make the point. I was up in St. by a cemetery yesterday, and I was looking at the, the graves of Tomas McCartan and Terence McSweeney, and my own grandfather and grand, grandmother and granduncle are up there, and they were they were founder members of, of the Phoenix. Jenny, Jenny Dowdle? Jenny Dowdle and her husband, James Charles, and, and Thomas Patrick. Now, these... These were founder members some woman, of the Peterball yeah. Party. Yeah. She was. She was the mayor of Cork and she was a senator right, well ahead of her time. Yeah. The reason I bring that up, though, Neil, is, is like, these people, including Tomás and Curtin and Terence McSweeney, they'd be turning in their grave to, to look at what's happening. And, you know, my, my, my grandfather and granduncle, they were TDs. They got paid from Dáil and They donated it to Vincent de Paul, as did many people at the time in the Dáil. And to, to see what's happening now, because they were, and I'm not, I'm not saying that because they're my grandparents, this was public service. They were doing it for to serve the public. I don't care if Michal Martin, Michael McGrath, if any of these people understand the anger and start putting us down with platitudes and patronising us. I don't care if you understand the anger. It's bordering on fury at this stage. You know, the, the behaviour of these 81 people... And I don't care if they're politicians. Apparently one of them, laughably, is, is head of health and safety in the Oireachtas. I don't care if they're politicians or if they're appointed positions. They are being paid for by the public. And isn't it true that, that, that as a senator, they'll probably claim mileage and expenses for going to it, like they did when the doll was closed and still claimed all their mileage and expenses, even though there was no Shannon to go to? That's the hypocrisy of all of this, really. Well, well this is it. And they're... they're, they're they, they, it goes back to the point of public service. They, they seem to see public jobs as money for, 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 for the boys. It's not. You're there to serve the public. There is a virus out there. It is deadly. It is killing people. And you're behaving like this, and you're, you're diluting the message that real public servants like Tony Houlihan and people like this have, have spent months trying to get across to us. You now have people on your, on your show and all shows saying, oh, I'm going to disregard the, 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 the advice. Yeah, Don't kind of encouraging the, the businesses that are closed, 3,500 publicans, open up, just get yeah. on with your business, get on with your life. That's, and that's not the right way to go either, because just because these morons behave the way they did doesn't mean that the work that everybody in the health service is doing is wrong. It's not. But, they, but these guys are fudging the issue. They, there are businesses going to the wall every day. There are other businesses which are struggling to keep the doors open. Yet their taxes are paying these people. These people need to sit down. They need to, a bit of re-education here. They need to think long and hard about who's paying them, where their money is coming from, that is going to pay for them to be driven or driving when they're on the phone, uh, leaving Kildare when in lockdown to go to a golf junket. I mean, really, you, 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 what would Michael Collins have done to Phil Hogan? Think about that for a second. These are people who've given their lives for us to be free in this country. Yeah. And we see people behaving like this. Yeah. The public are paying them. They are our servants. And they need to remember that. And it's, it's this, the ironies and lo- the significance isn't lost on me that 1920, 2020, 100 years of, of um, you know, self-rule, if you like. Big change. Yeah, yeah. In that 100 we're, years. we're commemorating all these great people. Exactly. I don't think... They'd be too proud of most of the people in Dáil and I say most because obviously there are an awful lot of people in Dáil who are very, very good people and doing a very, very good job. But these morons, you know, they need to be got rid of. And Michal Martin needs to show leadership now. Anybody who hasn't resigned, and I don't mean resigned from one office but still taking their 100,000 a year from the public purse. I mean properly resigned, resigned as a TD, resigned from the Oireachtas. Anybody who hasn't resigned should be fired. Michal Martin needs to do that today. 
or else it will be weak, weak leadership. Dar- Derek Talleri was the deputy leader of Fianna Fáil and apparently this morning he's resigned that position as well. So he was sacked from cabinet on Friday. He was really sacked. I mean, I know given he would have been sacked if he hadn't resigned. And uh, and now he's also resigned as Fianna Fáil deputy leader. What else he, he's supposed to do? Is he supposed to quit his well, TD and call a by-election, is it? I don't particularly want to go on a witch hunt against any individual. However, he is the individual in question, and I think he, along with every one of the 81 there who was paid for by the public purse, needs to resign properly. Go into the private sector, get a job. Okay. You need to resign as a TD. You should not be paid any money from the public when you're behaving like this. Peter Dowdell, thank you so much. Uh, Colin, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, you believe that uh, they're using the kids going back to school to detract from this story. I'm interested in that. Go ahead. Yeah, I just think uh, the TD you were talking to earlier. Michael McGrath. uh, Michael McGrath, yeah. I mean, he just kept bringing up about the kids going back to school and we mustn't deflect from this. This is the most important thing we need to do. But all that is doing is trying to deflect the public's attention away from what these Muppets have been doing with their golf outing. And... uh, I was just a little upset that you let him keep talking about it. Um, using going back to school as a shield, I believe you think it is. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just using it to deflect uh, public criticism. You know, uh, you say, oh, you shouldn't be having a dinner with 80 people. Uh, it's against the rules. Oh, but we have to focus on the kids going back to school. That's the most important thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, power corrupts, and they are corrupt. They have the power. Appreciate that. Thank you for the call. one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. We'll pick that up after 11 and lots more besides, including €2,000 cash from Balancholic Credit Union. I'll be reading out some texts and taking some calls. If you would like me to pay a bill, maybe there's uh, some issue that has arisen at the last minute and you're stuck for dosh. Um, if you can persuade me with your stories... I may well be happy enough to pay the bill or a portion of it, depending on how much it is. I've got two grand to play with uh, between now and Friday. So text your please pay my bill stories. Text 0868104106. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. So with a bit of happiness, um, Balancholy Credit Union will give me two grand. They're the credit union that's lending in the community. If you've got a bill or an expense that you need covering, text 0868104106. And I'll come back to it at half past 11 this morning. Uh, we'll split the money up and pay bills every day between now and Friday. A um, lot of text. Rita says, apologies, just don't cut it anymore. They should be all fined. Anyone who was there in public office should step down. The hotel should be fined as well for letting it go ahead. And the golf society should be fined. Or maybe um, that's a golf society that would now be disbanded. Uh, these golfing gomies have absolutely no empathy for the people who have had to cancel weddings, christenings, and worse, had no chance to hold the hands or say goodbye to loved ones who were ill and dying. The arrogance of Phil Hogan and others is unbelievable. It just goes to show we are not, contrary to what people say, we are not all in this together. Does this does that mean Golfgate will be pushed under the carpet and be covered up, hoping it will be forgotten about in the busy days coming up to school reopenings? Um, it will 100% be covered up. That's the mantra that people were worried about when uh, Michael McGrath was going on and on about what we need to concentrate is the things that, uh, you know, the pressures that are on us and the 
seriousness of the situation and getting the schools open. It's almost as if, you know, it's a case of try and deflect the narrative now. Try and get people to stop talking about it by, you know, talking about the economy and talk about schools and keep on saying COVID, you know, coronavirus hasn't gone away. Most of those who attended knew deep down that no virus could survive in them because they're all toxic anyway, says Joseph. That's why they attended without regards to safety rules. They're too toxic to come down with the virus. Gerardine says, if we have more important things to get on with, Michael, uh, then why is the doll on holidays? Why was this event organized by the Oroctus? They should be held accountable and the organizers as well. Anna says, if anyone else, uh, if the, if it was anyone else, they'd have the full force of the law upon them. Oh, don't you worry. Um, Guardy, you're investigating this. Patrick says, none of them are fit enough to hold a public office. They all should be sacked, no questions asked. Terry says, why did the head of Fulcher Ireland lose his job for breaking the guidelines? And these boys still have their paid jobs with their expenses. Legislation needs to be changed if they can't be sacked. Gráinne says, judges, politicians, lobbyists, all cosied up in the one room. The contempt they feel for ordinary people of this country could not now be more obvious. Golfgate, in my opinion, the golfing outing did not break any rules as there was a partitioned area seating 40 in one section and I presume that 10 members of the staff attended each section. People should relax as no rules were broken, says Finborough O'Sullivan in Clonakilty. Um, there was 80 people at the event, even though it was split. And to the best of my knowledge, the only place that you could have 50 people in a room together was a wedding. And that was even before the change on Tuesday. Am I misreading that? Mark, good morning. Mark. Hello. Yeah, How I mean, that was the case. The only place you could have up to 50 people was a wedding, right? Correct. Um, but from next week on, you can have hundreds and thousands together. Why is that? Schools. Oh, I understand. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. You got to get mean, the, I, you got to get them back to school, though. I mean, even if do? there is a price to be paid, they've got to get back to, you know, they've got to get education. No, they do. But that's the that, that's the question there. What price do you pay? Um, the biggest one, I think, and I'm talking as a teacher, my wife is a teacher, I know plenty of teachers. We want to get back, but we want to do it safely for two people, for two groups of people, the children and also who the children are coming home to. Yeah. In other words, for example, in my own situation, we have great support from grandparents. Yeah. We're, and, and we've already spoken to them. It's been a thing over the weekend for us. People have been upset. People putting themselves, say they're going to put themselves on the line. We can't do that. We just, we, we can't ask our grandparents to go, look, take a chance. Not especially when it could end up badly for at least we know one of them really badly. But, but uh, forgive me now, I'm not 100% following. How will the kids going back to school well, be a risk to your, to well, your parents? Let's put it this way. We have... Kids, potentially, it's going to happen. You're going to have clusters in school. I think we're all agreed on that. It's going to happen. That's fine. But when kids are bringing it home, they're going to bring it home to vulnerable grandparents. Yes, but the vulnerable grandparents aren't in... put in a position of hospitalization, because that's who it affects. It's going to affect the immunosuppressant, and it's going to affect old people. That's who it's affected. It's not going to affect the likes of me. It's kind of not going to affect kids or younger adults. They're strong enough, the majority are, to sustain it. But it is going to affect vulnerable 
that, that so you as a teacher, um, when you go back to school and you're, is it primary or secondary? Do you mind me asking? Oh, well, I, I'm, I'm a silver bullet. I teach adults and I teach primary school children as well. I'm across the board. Okay. Will you visit your parents? I, I've personally made the decision that I'm not going to go near my mum. Not for the first month or two anyway, just to see how things pan out. I'm not going to do that to her. It's going to be upsetting for her, I know, but I'm not going to do it. That's the decision. And in the rooms where you will be, will everybody be wearing a mask? We don't know. We have had no communication, 100%. Um, it's very ambiguous at the moment. Oh, I know of teachers that have been told from their um, various schools that it's up to themselves. You need to keep the meter. If, if you can't keep the two meters and you have only a meter, wear some sort of PPE. It's very ambiguous at the moment. It's extremely, which is why I'm surprised that our guys are not back in Dollar and trying to stand, be, be at least be there to, help, to answer some questions on this. But in primary and secondary school scenarios, the kids will have masks, yeah? Um, let's put it this way. My little one is going to start back in preschool next Monday. They don't need to have masks on. That's what we've been told. Mm. They don't need to have masks on. There will be 22 under five-year-olds together every day for three to four hours. That's 22 different families, basically, now going to be joined together. Mm. And that we don't know. So how do I know that someone hasn't been somewhere at the weekend and on Tuesday or Wednesday when I bring my little one home to a grandparent that something isn't going to happen? Unless unless something has changed, and I don't believe it is, you, you know, it's secondary school students and primary and post-primary teachers will be required to wear face coverings in class when a physical it's distance... It's a requirement. There hasn't been a direct mandate from the Department of Education. Didn't, didn't the no. Minister for Education issue an update to that? Well, if that's the case, I have it from a very good friend of mine in Limerick that their secondary school principal has written to the parents and said masks are are not if the, the students are unwilling to wear masks then it's not a, a prerequisite to come but to school if they won't wear a mask they can still come to school yeah but they're not going to be able to be two meters apart no they're not they're not and that's what i'm saying look we're so if they're not two meters apart well maybe this is where all the confusion is um, it is. That's right. There's, there's a massive confusion. No one is against. Let's let's put this straight. Everyone wants to get back to work. Everybody wants to get the the economy going. We need kids in school. We need to be as teachers back there for them. I'm going cuckoo. I love my job. You know, all, all teachers love their job. We wouldn't be doing it otherwise. But it's how this. It's it's all or nothing at the start. I have a feeling this, and we are we're all afraid of it. I know of another school that are already preparing for October. Kids have already got iPads because they're assuming that they're going to be out. Um, let me just get another call on this. Don't go anywhere because this is related to you. Lloyd, good morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, my own daughter there, she's going to St. Vincent Secondary School. Um, we got a list the other day of they have to wear masks, they have to have hand sanitizer, they have to have sanitizer wipes, they have to clean their desks when they're done, they take lunch breaks, all one class take lunch breaks together. Yeah, or splitting them up. Yeah, yeah. You can and you they they will never be mixing with another class. Yeah, but he, yeah. like he was saying, he 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 didn't know what way it was going. Yeah. But I mean, like 
if we got a letter show little teachers know what's going on. So no, I, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you now. I'm not suggesting that everybody is like that, but I do know, I do know, but I'm not going to mention, I do know that it's a bit ambiguous with certain schools. And it, it comes from the top down too, remember that. Um, I was speaking to a friend of mine last night. He said that his pre- his his primary school principal, he was always afraid of her because she was a little bit of a sergeant major. He thought she was too tough. He said he's never been more happy to have her because he now knows that the kids are going to be looked after. Well, it's going to be tricky for a teacher to teach with a mask on and it's going to also be t- oh, tricky is. for the students. But th- this is my understanding of it and Lloyd is backing it up. Letters have gone out. Kids have to wear masks. Um, they won't be mixing with other classes They'll have staggered lunch breaks and playtime and stuff like that. Um, There'll be no... I imagine if a kid arrives into school without a mask and doesn't have a good medical reason, they won't be left into school, I'd say. Look, they've been back two or three weeks already. And Lloyd, you think that's the right way to go? Oh, it should be, because, I mean, like, we have to learn to live with it. The kids are off since March, you know? No, no, I think... No one's suggesting that we don't do this. I'm suggesting that we do it correctly because I don't want to be in a month's time where we're off again because that would be my fear that we're going back fully now and it's going to be in a month's time that it's going to be oh no we made a mistake again everybody will be back though okay so would both would both of you agree we may well be back there in another month I don't know but would both of you agree that when kids go back to school particularly secondary schools that what that also means is you can you have to stay away from the elderly and you have to stay away from your parent grandparents and that was my main point yeah, that would be right. you'd agree with that Lloyd like wouldn't you yeah I would yeah that's what we're actually saying stay but away from your grandparents out there some people out there they they they, they can't go beyond the grandparents for minding. They can't afford to have child mind. And then you're taking a chance on, are the child minders, do you know them? Are they safe? It's a litany of further questions. That there will be a proportion of parents who will be using grandparents for child minding yeah, after school because they're at work. Sure. It's, it's, okay. No, it's a good point. The people yeah. that I know that grandparents are a lifesaver, ours are. And that's the point you started on, and now I have a clearer picture of what you were saying. Thank you for that. Thank you, Lloyd. Thank you, Mark. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850 104 106. Red FM. Okay, text 0868104106. All of the people that went to that golf event and dinner would have come from all over Ireland and increasing the chance of spreading the virus even more so throughout the country when they went back home. I'm livid. Who do they think they are? But fair play to Councillor Des Cahill for saying what he said on Friday morning. Heads need to roll over this. Yeah, he was calling for them all to quit or be or be sacked. A large number of those attending the function are part of our government. If they claim they didn't know the regulations imposed on them on the Monday, then obviously they just aren't paying attention to their well-paid job, and they should go for that alone. Each and every one of them need to go. Says Maureen. Not so much uh, just going and you know having dinner, but also, you know, paying attention to what was going on in their job in the first place. No way should Leo be back in charge of this fiasco. Over 800 people died in nursing homes on his watch and no accountability whatsoever. If a boss found out five meat factory workers went to a party with 80 people and they came back to work and affected the whole plant, uh, wouldn't the boss fire the employees? Uh, Calling it a lapse of judgment is insulting our intelligence. It takes two and a half hours to get to Clifton from Cork or Dublin. Where exactly was the lapse of concentration on route? 
Uh, does the hotel have a Fáilte Ireland Green Standard Award for adhering to COVID protocols, says Noel. Uh, would you please stop defending them? We're at war against this virus. They should not resign. They need to be sacked, says Well, I'm not necessarily defending anybody, but I suppose to some extent my job is to have a, a bit of ebb and flow in the conversation. No more than that. Um, to the lines we go. Pat, good morning. How are you? You want to pick up on my conversation with uh, Michael McGrath? Correct. Yeah. It, was, it was something about uh, my question was that I was thinking about it over the weekend mm-hmm. and about teachers. You know, teachers, at least teacher, teachers should have been given a test, a COVID test, before they went back to work. For safety, for everyone. I, I can understand why the children, there's too many children involved to be able to get tested. and But certainly the teachers, being governmental employees, should be entitled to get a COVID test. Yeah, but that would mean that everybody working in a supermarket or in retail should have to have a test, shouldn't they? They're meeting the public every right. day. Well, they are indeed, but they're meeting the public since they did that five months ago. You know, I mean, they could they could have organised this. They had enough time to organise this for the teachers in the run up to this. I mean, the whole thing lately is all the talk about about children getting back to school, which is a hundred percent has to be for the role for I think for the parents' sanity as well, but. Um, certainly, I think the teachers deserve to get uh, to have to be protected, going back in, and let them be tested. You know, for the it would be a place to start. Yeah, but that would only make them COVID-free at that point in time. A week later Correct. or three days later, they could test positive. You know. Correct, but then, but then you act. You can act. Then at least you'd be ahead of. The, at least you'd be ahead of the posse at the start. Are we agreed then, ladies and gentlemen, that? Kids should go back to school. And when I say kids, now I'm talking about, um, you know, primary, post-primary, uh, preschool, stuff like that. All of them. Is, is, that's the way to go, isn't it? Are we agreed with that? We'd have to. Why do we have to, like, if, if for instance, uh, there could be an outbreak and a spike and we could have more people dying? Well, that's going to happen. And I think Leo, Leo even but we could just say we could just say, I'm terribly sorry now, and it's awful, I know, but no school's back till there's a vaccine. We're going to be waiting, aren't we, Neil? Yeah, but maybe yeah. six maybe six months. Yeah, but then that, that puts back. We're going to, we then going to lose a cycle of, of students, aren't we, going forward? Like we lost, we, lo- we lost a complete cycle of apprenticeships when, in, in 10 years ago, 12 years ago. We are now seeing the consequences. But what of if that. you have a kid that's asthmatic, um, or what if you have a kid that's uh, has say um, underlying health conditions, cystic fibrosis, maybe? Yes, well, I'm sure I'm sure the parents are very experienced in handling that, and and I I think they would know better than we would know. Talking like this, I think the I think the parents are well growing up with their children with that ailment. I think they would be far more. Um, horrors. Qualified, yeah, very much so. I would think, but I think that would be purely up to okay. the okay. okay, all right, they'll make the decision themselves personally. Okay, test all the teachers. Thanks, Pat. Melissa. Good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Thank you for holding. Um, happy to talk to you. No What's problem. on your mind? Um, I was just listening to your conversation there with the teacher, and I actually kind of got very annoyed and upset when you said that kids need to go back to school, which is very understandable. But you said even if there is a price to pay, 
Now, as far as I'm concerned, the price to pay could be loss of life to me or it could mean that I could have a very difficult life if I catch this virus. What I mean by a price to pay, what I mean by a price to pay is you can't go and visit your granny and your granddad and they're back in extra isolation again. Well, I'm actually in isolation since March myself. I'm cocooning. I'm 44 years of age. I'm one of the vulnerable. I'm not over 70. My child is living in the household with me and he's now expected because of the government, I think, being very lazy in how they've actually approached going back to school. They did not consider online learning. They have not considered a household who has a vulnerable uh, parent in the house. Um, They've just said that kids are going back to school five days a week and I'm expected to let my child go to school, have the risk of bringing back the virus into my household, and it could end up killing me. It could end up leaving me even worse than what I am now. Life is difficult with asthma as it is. And I just feel there is a huge risk and there's not enough consideration given to those that are vulnerable. Um, like We've done everything that is asked of us. I've been told to work from home. I've been told to cocoon. I don't go to shops. I don't socialise. And now... It's, no, it's okay, you need to put your child back to school. Like our school, um, we did ask them and there's no facility now to online teach our child. So we are now looking at private tuition for him so that he has some kind of an education. And I just feel the government are not considering... Because you can't take the risk of sending him to school. No, Is it secondary school? I can't need... Yeah, secretary school. He's going into TY, um, which is good in some sense because at least, you know. Oh, I know, but he will be with other young adults who will also be socializing at the weekend and doing different things. And God knows they could bring it in and he could get it. And before you know it, you have it. I have it. And I stayed away from my father. I stayed away from my family, you know, my, my siblings. I stayed away from my grandparents. Anything that I do is outside, you know, within my own family. Yes. I have been so good. And now it's just expected that we bring the child back to school at a price. And it is a price, you know, and I just feel I don't think enough consideration is given into this, you know, for us. Um, like, why is there not online option? What is plan You can't take that. See, yeah, because you just can't take that risk. I'm unfortunately I can't and I'm in I'm in such anxiety about this now at the moment because I feel my child needs to mix with other children. Now school will be different regardless because they're all going to have face masks. They're not going to be able to social interact, you know, but it's just some kind of a normal for my child. And I'm just not having that at the moment. And it just feels we're forgotten. You know, even though we've done everything we're asked, I'm going to continue doing it until I have a vaccine. Hopefully that vaccine will work, you know, but that's a long road for me and a long road for my family. And I just feel he's going to be left now in September um, because he has to go back to school, but he can't. You know, and ha- I know, and I know, I know. I know yeah. You're obviously. I'm just very upset over it. I can understand that. And how does it make you feel time. that people have had, by and large, fair amount of freedom over the last few months? You know, we can do an awful lot of things that you have never done yeah. since March. How does that make you feel? Well. I don't, you know, obviously it's very upsetting and, you know, I have to say thanks to my family for being so understanding. They've actually helped to kind of keep us, you know, our feet on the ground and we've had some kind of a summer. We've been able to kayak on our own, you know, we've been able to go outdoors for walks and things like that. Yes. It is very, very difficult and it's very frustrating. When but it comes natural to us as a species, and, species like human interaction with others. Like I know. You know, yeah, you're not it's very hard that. because 
I can't go to work. I can't see my workmates that I miss a lot. And I can't go and just go to the girls and have a house, you know, have a few drinks in their house. I just can't do any of those things, you know. And there's a lot of people in my shoes and I keep wondering, am I the only one that's being paranoid or am I over-exaggerating? But then I heard this morning that there's older people haven't gone outside the door since March, no. you know. Yeah, so it's a very tough time for a lot of people. And I just think the government needs to look at that now with the children going back to school as well. You know, it's not all hunky-dory for yes, everybody. Yes, and let us bear in mind on this morning as well that there's a um, many people who are still in the same scenario um, now as they were as we all were in March for some people it hasn't yeah. changed at all yeah. it hasn't changed at all and it won't change for a long time you know so I do think we need to pull back um, especially now coming into the winter it's how, a more worrying time Yeah. how you do know? you then feel about this golf outing and this golf dinner and Phil Hogan and all that kind of carry on <laughs> Well, to be honest, I just think the government has fallen apart since the party has changed hands. Um, I was never a fan of Leo and Simon Harris. But I mean the blatant disregard for guidelines last week. Yeah, it just, it just, like, I had um, a friend of a family that passed away during lockdown. And I actually couldn't even travel down to my hometown to see them because it was in the 20 kilometre radius at the time and I just I just couldn't go and say goodbye I just couldn't even stand on the side of the road and be there for them you know and a friend of my mum passed away and it was the time of the 5k lockdown and I couldn't go to the family funeral I couldn't do any of that so yes it is very upsetting you know So you haven't seen your mum then in six months? Well unfortunately my mum passed away three years so, ago so, Alright okay um, when you said a friend of your mum my apologies I thought she was still alive No that's fine that's no problem and that's where I, that's where I'm getting very upset into the whole thing because I know what it's like to lose my mum and obviously my child is only 15 Have you seen and your dad? 19. Yeah I did I seen him outside in his garden and it's only been about twice I think I've seen him um, and I got to see my granddad who was 98 and I wore a mask when I went to see him um, but obviously it was very anxious doing that but I felt you know, he's not going to be around forever. I kind of need to see him. And when we've been locked down for so long, you know, you have to have some kind of mm. family communication. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we limit everything we do. And there's a lot of people in the same boat as us, you know. Um, and it's a very anxious time for kids going back to school. And it's even harder on the parents. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people in the same boat as us and like that we're looking at online learning we're hoping that there'll be a few teachers that would be willing to do that and we have one lined up already for maths and Irish Um, but I think you know there's more of a need for that as well because if the schools do close down what are they going to do you know there's no 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 plan B (laughs) well plan plan B will be to to whip them back out of school if yeah, and then they're going to be, yeah, you know, and our child will actually be better off because he will hopefully See, the end, game, the end game here is vaccine. It's a vaccine, really. That's what it is. It is. But I read there it could be the end of 2021. Um, it could be the summer. And again, I suppose like that, a vaccine is a risk. You'll have to see how the study goes, how how efficient it is. And, you know, I know but, there's yeah. trials and everything to come yet. Okay. I think a vaccine would be better than living like this, you know, because we're going to be in lockdown permanently if we don't have one. It's all about the vaccine, ultimately. Thanks, Melissa. Look after it yourself. Thank you so okay, much. Thank Cheers. you, Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, that's the reality of it for, for still a certain... Um, and potentially a lot of people who are in the same situations they were in March with their own 
medical conditions and we're not just talking about people who are quite elderly. Sheila, thank you for your email. Good morning. Hello, how are you? So you have a wonder as to whether or not um, there's a law being broken if you decide to keep your child out of school, is it? Yes, I think there's mixed communications of what our options are in regards of the government. There was no press release to let parents know where they stand. Are we pressed to send our children to school? Are we forced to send our children to school? Um, we, I think there's parents out there and we're just really confused of what the situation is. Okay, and why is the confusion um, in the sense that are, are you considering not sending your son to school, is it? And if so, why? Well, uh, we had an experience of an infectious disease in our home four years ago um, where we know the reality of an infectious disease in the family home. My 19-year-old son had been in a coma and life support ventilator due to contracting TB. So we already went through the system for for months with the hand washing, the mask, the isolation, all family being tested. So we know the reality of it. Uh, we nearly lost him. You know, family were gathered and called. Um, so it, it was about a two-year recovery on that. So like with a, we know the heartache and the reality. So my son is now 23 and does have lung and heart problems as a result of this. But I also have a, a daughter that I'm concerned about sending back to school um, because of the chance of catching COVID-19 and bringing her home. And we're just, and also there's other family members with serious autoimmune disorders that are on very serious treatment. And we're just confused about, we're nervous. Mm. And I'm listening to the lady before me and I can, I can hear her. And I understand where 100% where she's coming from. Because like I said, we have household family members that are going through the same thing. And it's just that even if we were given some reassurance or what our options are and parents can decide. But then there's another part of it where we're breaking the law. You know, or we'd be sued or we brought to court if we didn't send our children to school. Well, but so, is, we, this isn't a... If you don't send your child to school, will any of that happen? And what we're wondering is... Is there an option of online classes? Is there an option if there's somebody very ill in the household? You know, um, there's just a lot of confusion around, like I said, what our options would be in regards to sending children back to school. All we know, all we know is that we're given a date, um, that the schools are prepared for it. But, you know, like I said, people are nervous. Other family members are nervous. Other families are in the same situation. Now, how does he feel himself? He's 19 years old. Uh, uh, what is he, in college? Uh, yes. And how does yes. he feel about it? Um, well, he, uh, he's just taken precautions himself. You know, he's taken precautions himself. But um, it's just in regards of sending back to the school for my younger daughter going back to primary school. That if COVID-19 came into the home where you have a son who you nearly lost, was on life support, has underlying health problems because with TB, he certainly would have issues with his lungs anyway. Yes, yes. That that you could bring it into the home to him. That's exactly my concern. That would be my query, yes, of what would the options be in regards of homeschooling. Are we allowed to arrange homeschooling for our children? You know, or are we breaking the law by doing that? Do we have to have them attended? Oh, you could, you could, business? you could homeschool without a doubt. You could. You might have to. Might be a form needs filling out. Have you spoken to 
principal of school or anything like that? No, no, um, I haven't done so. But like that, I just need to know. Um, I was just finding out do other families feel the same as way I do? Because like that lady that was on before me. I, yes, I there are others. And I'm concerned. No, because or, she, has ex- she has an extreme condition involving asthma and she's also very worried about it. Yeah. Sending her son, children back to school. I just think that if there was more information and knowledge given, I know the schools are doing their best. They can't do any any more than following the guidelines. But if there was more um, communication, even the press release in regards of look to parents to reassurance, I think a lot of this is reassurance. I'd see if I can get clarification on, on the opt-out aspect, you know. Okay, thank you. Okay, stay listening on that. Hopefully we'll get it. Uh, I'll just have to do a bit. We'll have to do some research into it because I'm quite sure there's information there somewhere, but it's like everything in the times we live in and the confusion over everything. You have to go looking for it and digging it out and things like that. Back after the break, text 0868104106. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday, 1850-104-106. Yeah, I'll come back to that and we'll clarify all of those points there and I'll get some... Uh, direction on it for you. With regards to uh, the carry-on in Clifton, shame on them all. The silence is deafening, isn't it? We were warned about the cronies, but we took no notice. Everyone that attended that function should be sacked. End of. Um, your callers are correct in laying the blame with the Taoiseach. You cannot defend his total lack of leadership, no matter how you try, Neil. <laughs> Surely Hall Martin, being a newly appointed Taoiseach, the first thing you're going to do is sit down with your cabinet and say, right, lads. It goes without saying, we have to keep our noses clean and abide by all guidelines. A manager, at the end of the day, accepts responsibility over his team's performance. So when you ask, what has this got to do with Hall's leadership skills as you have in the past, you are just being naive, Neil, whether he's a cork man or not. Thank you for that. I, I do like those kind of texts. I like challenging texts. I like people who don't always necessarily agree with me. Uh, if Hall Martin wants to be a proper leader, he would have uh, shown that he was in charge and sacked the ministers concerned. This is yet another body blow to this lame government. What was it Simon Harris called it? Was he called a punch in the guts, wasn't it? Yeah, Martin is doing nothing for the country. His time is up. He didn't get much time, did he, before his time was up? Uh, I don't see this government lasting even till the end of the year. If there's an election tomorrow, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael will be guaranteed to be voted in yet again. It is mainly older people who vote them in. I hope now they will open their minds and remember how they were treated by these parties since March. Senior citizens were at the bottom of their list of priorities in the last six months, says Anthony, and senior citizens must not forget that come next election. Uh, I find it somewhat ironic that Fianna Fáil still regard themselves as a workers and a working class party, yet many of their members spend their spare time tootling off to play golf, says David. Yes, indeedy. Yeah, well, I suppose golf wouldn't have been the game associated with Fianna Fáil, sure wouldn't. You would have thought maybe ga, not golf, but anyway. We took to the streets of Cork on Friday as the apologies and the resignations were mounting over Golfgate. Seamus Whelan was out there. He was asking the people if they were incensed like the rest of the nation, if they missed Leo Varadkar, if they missed Simon Harris as Taoiseach and Health Minister, if they could change things, would they? Have a listen to this. I don't really, don't really have an opinion on it, to be honest. I think just try and let them do their job. You give them a little bit of time. I think you have to be positive. I'm, I'm tired of the negativity, you know. Don't like any of them. Don't trust any of them. A lot of criminals in suits. 
absolutely disgraceful when they've the likes of my parents stuck in for months and they can do what they want. They've lost they've lost public support now anyway, it's gone. You know what I mean? People will do what they want. Correct. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't miss them, no. So far they're a disaster after going off playing golf. Absolutely disgraceful. Every one of them should resign. Every one of them. There's people dying all the way around. They're taking them back to schools. It's an absolute disgrace. I think at the moment there's a compromise and nobody wants to be in power because of COVID-19 and uh, what's going to happen after paying taxes back, all, you know, 350 hours a week. So that's going, nobody wants that headache. So I, I, I don't really see what difference it makes who's in power at the moment. Everybody makes mistakes. That's like, you know, politicians are no better or no worse than people on the street. So, But I know they have to be held to a higher level because they're in the responsibility, well, supposed to be a responsible job, you know. I don't think they know what they're doing. They're just like a load of headless chickens running around. And they're just bullying people. They're not asking people's opinion or views or anything. They're just railroading everything out. Without taking anybody's view into account. <laughs> After what I heard this morning, I don't think any of them are worth having back with her. You know? It's just, uh, you know, the less we're two evils at the moment, I think. You know what I mean? Mial Martin is there because he didn't want to be the only Fianna Fáil leader never to be Taoiseach. I, he's done it now and I think he's proved to be a disaster, to be honest with you. I do. <laughs> I miss him very much because I, I think they were a great team, you know. Leo and the, what was the other lad's name on the hill? Simon Harris, yeah. I really do think they were great, you know. I felt safe under them. Now, Michal, he's had a hard job ahead of him, but um, just I felt safe under the other two. Michal should never have gone into power. If he asked me, he sold off in a file. Like, people want to change. It's not just a change for a couple of years. Like, you look at this government, they don't want two ministers, three ministers. Poison Chalice here, I think, is the Minister for Agriculture at the moment. So, no, definitely has to be a change. Not really, and what's there is not an ill either. He's not doing what he should. He was told to, um, you know, like, one thing, like 10 o'clock closing, and then they make it half 11. I mean, you can't stretch things. You've got to do either what's right or don't do it at all. He seemed to be my... Michal Martin, don't they? I mean, look at the stage of the night. They're going wrong to pubs here. So why didn't they go in there last night with the judge? Whatever, that that hotel in Galway. It's in there, they should have went. Should I get away with it? I wouldn't. <laughs> I know, and actually, one, Tata Hopes. I think it was nice, but as I said, they probably all do the same thing. You know, he was a nice man, wasn't he? He's a nice man. But yeah, they were all nice, but they're all the same. They'll only do what they want to do for themselves. We'll never meet and then I'll turn up. <laughs> no, no, I don't miss none of them because they don't want it all the same. We just believe my example. I think you should be honest, so uh, get rid of them, sack them. And uh, it's, like, it's like anything else. He, he's afraid to do anything. All, like, if you're a parent, you, leave, you, you treat your kids... And you teach them. Jumping. This fellow's meant to teach us an example. And what does he do? They have parties 24 7. And then he's on about people having parties, house parties, and that. So there was a cousin as, as a house party. Good luck. Uh, at the end of the day, this should all resign in my eyes. You know what Thanks. I mean? I think there was certain clarity. I know the situation was much easier at the time we were all in lockdown. 
but we saw Leo and we saw Simon and I suppose we kind of I felt we could rely on them it's a lot of confusion going on right now it's interesting a lot of people felt a lot safer with Leo and Simon it really did oh man I don't know we did a we did a Twitter poll over the weekend a 24 hour poll after all the discussions surrounding Golfgate received one particular text from somebody who said all I can say is bring Leo and Simon back I bet if you, I bet if you put up a poll then Leo would get 100% of the people wanting him back as Taoiseach well he didn't get 100% wanting him back but 62% of those that responded and over a thousand did 62% of them want Leo back the other 38% said you must be kidding um, bring back Leo to quote the lines from films yeah we definitely need him back seriously though it's a new election we need to get these guys out of government once and for all oh my god have I heard that once I've heard it a million million times okay I will pick up on all that and lots more besides in the morning but as I was saying earlier on I have a lot of money to give away courtesy of ourselves and the Balancholic Credit Union we got two grand this week that we can spend on bills and home improvements or a bit of spoiling or whatever the case may be all you got to do is text me the story as to why you think I should pay a bill or contribute to it on your behalf, courtesy of ourselves and the Ballancolic Credit Union. So, um, morning. My name is John. So this weekend, my one-year-old son decided that the television would look better off on the ground than on the television stand. Thankfully, he didn't get to hurt, hurt himself, but my television is goosed. Would absolutely love it if you could help us out and get us another one in the house. It keeps my two sons entertained. What did he do? Um, I mean... He's one year old. Did he push it over? He's hardly strong enough to lift it. Um, do you take a, a toy to it? I'd absolutely love to win the... Well, it's not two grand, but it's a portion of the two grand to help me pay off my credit card bill. Spent years in college and university studying. I run a community preschool, but unfortunately the government feels that seven or eight years of continuous professional studying and degrees later that I should be laid off for the summer and sign on. Financially, with four young children myself and being treated so harshly by the government, I feel so let down. There are bills to be paid. I'd love you to pay my bills. I'm very blessed to have a roof over my head and food on the table during these hard times. But I'd like to take out a loan to cover extra bills. I had to take out a loan to cover extra bills. So to have this debt cleared would make me a very lucky person. A thousand euro would be great. Uh, and uh, even a hundred, anything to help me sleep better at night. It would be a lovely gesture. Nicely you're offering people that opportunity. Kind regards, says Marie. I'm Nicole Stokes. I'm, head, I'm heading to do my master's in UCC. It's going to cost me six grand. I've paid for my last three years in UCC myself, although my parents wanted to help. I felt pride pr- proving that I could do it for myself. If you would help, that would be great. Uh, thank you for that, Nicole. I'm ready to ask you to be, uh, to be included in your credit union giveaway. Uh, I need to replace my hairpiece. I have a condition called lupus, and I've lost a lot of hair on the top of my head that won't grow back. So every couple of years, I have to buy a topper to mix with my hair that I already have. Totally understand there are a lot more important things that need in this important times, uh, but I thought I'd give it a go. Thank you for the opportunity. How much? How much would that be? to uh, replace the old crown topper. Let me know. Uh, please pay my bill. My car needs two new tires at €90 Euro each. I have two kids going to primary school on Thursday and I have a nine-month-old baby. We missed out during a lot during lockdown. Tires would be a great help. Well, so far I'm sold on tires and a crown topper, I have to say myself. Seven, the boyfriend have just gotten our first house together must pay first month's rent and deposit in the next few weeks. It would be so great to surprise him with some money to pay the bills 
or even put towards his car. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106 and we'll pick up on it and pay a few bills this side of midday. But an incredible thing happened this morning out in Ballincollig. Uh, Pat, good morning. Good morning, Neil. What, what happened? Well, basically what happened was seemingly that uh, there was a dog went into the river by the, by the, the weir and a gentleman that had the dog got the, um, the, the life boy as such and put her around himself and jumped in after his dog. But he also got into difficulties. And one of my neighbours here, a lad called Stephen Walsh, was passing at the time, who caught the rope and tried to pull him out. But the current was so strong that Stephen couldn't pull him on his own. So a gentleman, we believe he was a Polish lad, came along and gave Stephen a hand and boarded and pulled him out to safety. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, so that happened. On who, was the, who was the lad? There's a lad that he's a lad called Stephen Walsh. Yeah, he's actually the lad. Neil, if you remember, I rang about lockdown. He was the lad that done the quiz with the body parts. If you remember that, <laughs> what's that about? Yeah, this is it's the same lad actually. <laughs> what was the quiz with the body parts? What was that about? It, um, it was until there in lockdown. You were saying an unusual thing that happened. Yeah, there was a, there was a group of schoolmates went together. But Stephen is very, very uh, computer literate, very much so. So he got different. He got photographs of all a lot of the schoolmates and put a, uh, a computer together of all their noses, <laughs> their eyes, their faces, and whatever. And and uh, they had to have quiz as to who who it was, basically, you know. And they had some great fun with us. Forgive me now, but was it Stephen was in the water or saved the guy? No, no, no. Stephen saved the guy. That's amazing. To see and save the guy. And this other Polish lad, we don't know. We found out he was Polish after. We have no idea what his name so was. The, so your man went in after the dog with the life ring, but the currents there can be very strong. Yeah, whatever, fairly strong. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So he was being dragged away down the river. So obviously the man that went in with the, to save the dog, he obviously left the line out on the bank, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So that somebody and as I said, Stephen was passing. He said to drag him in, but the current was so strong he couldn't hold him on his own. And this other gentleman came along. And what did the fellow who went in after the dog mean make of it all when he got back out of the I water? Have no idea. I have no idea. I believe the fire brigade and the ambulance were there that came on the scene, but I don't know anything about the men as such. They're just the lads were telling us here. Great story. Listen, Gim, stay on the line there because we'll see if we can find the other lad, right? But we certainly okay. want to organise something nice for Stephen Body Parts. Right. What did you say his surname was? Walsh. Stephen Body Parts Walsh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stay there, Pat. Great story. I love it. There was another one actually that I saw at the weekend. Apparently somebody stopped some other character's car from rolling down the hill. I think this was a story from up around... Um, was it up around Summerhill, I think? I'm not 100% sure. But they left a note uh, on a pole. Uh, I'll come back to it in the morning. It's another lovely story of people helping each other. Lauren, good morning. Thank you so much for holding. Can you hear me all right? Lauren. Hi, how are you? Hi, sorry about that. Tell me about your mum. Um, hi, so uh, she was diagnosed with um, breast cancer in uh, Mar- well April, I suppose it was, when she was diagnosed Um so I suppose she started, she had surgery maybe a few weeks later. It's all been kind of a blur, I suppose, over the last few months. Um, and she started chemotherapy, well, she's after three rounds now, and she's due her fourth on Friday, which will be the last round. And then she'll have a two-week break, and then she'll be starting radiotherapy. Um, but I suppose she's just kind of conscious of money at the moment. I suppose she's been out of work since March, the beginning of March. Um, and... She 
Yeah, it's been, and you know what, it's just been one of, I know everybody's been finding it tough. Um, I guess she in particular has found it very difficult. My brother's wedding was cancelled um, three times and then we had this thrown in the mix as well. So, you know, she's had it particularly Well, at least she'll be finishing the chemo and I know she's starting the radiotherapy, but she's, yeah. on her, she's well on her way, you know? Exactly, yeah, and the staff has been absolutely brilliant. They've been fantastic. So it's um, it's been a tough couple of months, but look, everybody has their own battles, you know. Um, so yeah, and you'd like to you'd like to treat her or do something nice for her. Yeah, her. most yeah. definitely. I guess like it's it's kind of hard at the moment because I guess you can't really do anything even on my days off. It's trying to go somewhere, do things with her, but you can't go into restaurants. You can't do things that we used to do. She can't go to hotels, and um, she's obviously very high risk, but. I guess when the time comes, it would be nice maybe just to treat her, but um, that's a while off yet. But look, um, at least we can (laughs) do something. Yeah, okay. Well, let's organise something nice for her, you know. What would you like to do? I don't know. Anything. um, God, I don't know. Um, You know, even just afternoon tea we might do or something, you know, that's what we might have done before. But But why don't you organise that and we'll pay for it? Oh, God, no, no, Jesus. Oh God! Excuse me. Oh, what's no, the com- no. How much is the car loan, for instance? Um, so she's had the car loan, I suppose, over the last few years. I think she has like I, I don't know a couple of. I think it's a couple of hundred. But anyway, let's like, pay that. I look, Neil. Anything? Let's anything pay that. Let's make- no, no. Hang on, say. Let's pay the car <laughs> loan. Let's do that. Oh my God! Just stop. No, honestly, I could. I honestly could. No, no. That's done. I'm not, no, absolutely. Let's pay the look. Let's pay oh, the car God. loan. Yeah. Oh my God, Neil, she'll be absolutely overwhelmed. I'm even getting overwhelmed. Not at all. It's an easy oh thing to God. do. She's 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 on her oh. she's on her own journey now, and we'll help her along the way. And you're a great daughter to her, so I'm glad God. you picked up the phone. You and your two brothers are there for her. Uh, let's oh pay the, let's pay the car loan. And I tell you what, something oh when all God. that's radio when that radiotherapy is over, let's also organise afternoon tea. Oh, Neil, thanks. Why so not? Much. Do, listen, easy oh. to do it. So that oh could be, God. you'll be looking hopefully maybe October, maybe something like that? I think it's maybe the end of October. She'll be due, she, my brother's due to get married, whether, you know, that'll go ahead, but hopefully, but um, she might have to take a break with that. We don't know yet. Ah, we yeah, okay. Well, let's them. box off the car yeah, loan yeah, for yeah, now, right? And when the radiotherapy oh. is over, we'll organise afternoon tea for the four of you. I'll organise it with the hotel and uh, you'll have a oh lovely, lovely get together. I, do, I don't believe this is happening, Neil. Thanks I'm simple, so don't much. you worry. Mind Thanks yourself. Thanks so much. Stay on hold, Lauren, all right? Thanks Stay a million. Okay. Thanks so much. Cheers. Take care. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Okay, um, we'll do a lot of more bills tomorrow, I promise you that. I'll give it a lot more time. But that uh, note that was left up on a poll apparently said, and this is what the note said, thank you so much for stopping my car from rolling down, stopping my car by putting a rock under the wheel to keep it in place. You truly are a very good person. I hope that the car didn't roll into anyone else's. I bought the car on Monday this week. I wasn't aware there was a fault with the handbrake. I came back to the car an hour after parking it and surprised surprise it was down at the end of the hill needless to say that guy from Dundee will be getting an absolute bollocking when I call him cowboys Ted, cowboys they're all a bunch of cowboys you didn't leave your name or any contact details so I couldn't thank you for helping me out I figured that putting this note up nearby would be the best way to do it, so once again thank you for coming to my rescue, I hope the universe, God, karma or whatever you believe in rewards you for your good deed 
people like you are why I love this city. Selfless people helping others out. You to me are Cork. Your pure sound, legend. Thank you. They wedged a rock under the wheel to keep the car from rolling any further than it already had done. Some Mazda that he bought on Dundee with a dodgy handbrake. <laughs> Who was that person? It would be love to, lovely to find he or she. If anybody knows, get in touch. Text 0868104106. We leave it there. I had hoped to speak to somebody involved with the, you know, the five teens and the rib down in the harbour who saved the dad and son left clinging to a marker boy. Apparently the, the, the lad went out on one of these inflatables and got caught in the current and the dad went out after him. And that could have been tragic if five teens and a rib weren't nearby and saved their lives. Hopefully I'll return to that one in the morning. Our lines will stay open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.